What's up, y'all? This is Miss Maggie T, and we have a special episode of the Heavy Hitters. And I see, um, oh, make so, sure we got you on. That's yes, okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> hey, it happens. Technology. Yeah, but like I said, we have a special episode of the Atlanta Falcons Heavy Hitters. Everybody kind of seen the announcement. We have some awesome, amazing guys on the panel tonight. But before we get into that, if y'all new to the channel, I want y'all to hit that subscribe button. Atlanta Falcons Nation, if you're, you know, your first time seeing us, thank y'all. I appreciate y'all joining in. Hey, how you doing? How you doing? But before we get into the special guest of the hour, um, we have Mr. Magmite Sports. We have Jew Talk Sports. And oh, we have Mr. K Styles right about here. Y'all regular heavy hitters. But guess what? We have a couple of actual real heavy hitters <laughs> on the panel tonight. And who we got right here? We have Mr. Keenan. I'm going to say it in the order that you're in. Keenan Forney and Mr. Chris Draft. How are you guys tonight? How are you guys tonight? Good. We're good. What's up? <laughs> Thank y'all for joining us tonight. This is going to be amazing um, just to have not one, but two former Falcons players. What's going on, guys? <laughs> so much, with further man. ado, for further ado, just introduce yourself, you know, um, and then we'll go ahead and get into these questions. Go ahead, CD. Oh, so Chris Draft, former uh, Atlanta Falcon, number 50. And I know we're gonna have a bunch of questions, so I'm just gonna leave it at that. Linebacker, come after you. All right. You need to go ahead and suit back up and go ahead and get up. <laughs> That's what we really. Do. <laughs> That's what you need to do. <laughs> I, I, I was. We were talking backstage, man. We were talking backstage, and you, you can't overestimate your skills, right? That's the easiest way to get hurt is for me oh, to yeah. say, oh, I know I can get back out there. <laughs> and then there's a 320-pound young man that puts his hands on you and then says, Mr. Draft, I'm sorry that I hit you like that. Oh, you, know, you can't, you can't, yeah. you can't do it. Oh, oh, so he ain't gonna say sorry. He ain't gonna say keep getting so your ass off the field. He ain't gonna say sorry. <laughs> he might. No, it's gonna no, be uncle. Right. The older you get, you uncle now. Well, I'm, I'm saying you get. I might get thrown out the club, and he said, "Oh, Mr. Draft." Right, <laughs> I'm still throwing out the club. He still said, "No, no white tees. Get out the club." Exactly. Exactly. Dress, dress <laughs> All right, Mr. Keenan, no how are you today? And who, um, just introduce yourself. If folks don't know you, I'm pretty sure everybody do. I'm good. What's up, Atlanta Falcon Nation? This is Keenan Forney. Number 65, former offensive guard, 2001 Ooh. to 2007. Uh, peace up, A-Town down. There you go. There you go. Well, I appreciate y'all today. So everybody just saying, what's up? How you doing? Rise up. All right. What's up? How y'all doing? I'm glad y'all tuning in today. So there you go. There you go. Mm. Oh, I guess that probably positive saying best, but hey. All right, so let's go ahead and get into these topics right now. So our first question is, um, what inspired you to play football? You want to get that one first, CD, or you want me to take it? 
Go on, go on and take it. Tell them some about Nacogdoches, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna take y'all, I'm gonna take y'all to the country, man. You know, I'm from East <laughs> Texas. Take them back to East Texas. Yeah, I'm from East Texas, man. So you know, uh, growing up, you know, I used to be one of the little, one of the, one of the thicker kids. So I used to always, you know, cousins, brother, always telling me, man, you're gonna be a football <laughs> player. You should play football, and then you get out there and play with the older boys in the neighborhood, playing in the pasture on the side of the house. And, you know, you play kill the man with the ball. I don't know what they call it in other places. Some people call it throw him up, blow him up. But, you yep. know, you play out there with the older kids, you know, hey, you can't, ain't no crying. Mm -hmm. You crying, you can't oh, play no yeah. more. They hit yep. you, you know, you they hit you mm -hmm. with them sticker bushes. Hey, hey get up, dust get that up off, you know, walk it off, and let's go. Get back out there. You get in the ant <laughs> pile, you know. Oh, they did that to get, you too. Oh man. oh man, come on now. Hey, you know, you, you remember them little sticker bugs that used to get stuck on you? Oh, oh yes, yes, yes. I had nightmares about them, <laughs> yeah, buddy. but you know, yeah, that's how, that's kind of how my uh, my football uh, first time playing came about, and then you know, of course, you watch it on TV, you know, back in the 90s, you know, the Dallas Cowboys were real popular, they win a Super Bowl, so uh. You know, I was a big fan of the Cowboys offensive line with, you know, uh, I can name all of them, but I'm going to name one of them who happens to be my cousin, Larry Allen, you know. So okay. hearing that he was, you know, one of my cousins, wow. you know, that did a lot for me, you know. I was just like, wow, you know, you see somebody that's, you know, a relative of yours can do it and it kind of gives you that motivation and, you know, uh, yeah, man, it was something else just to see, you know, a cousin of mine playing for the Super Bowl champs back then. Oh, yes. That's definitely big. That's, that's definitely big. That's that's big. I did not know that. I did not know that. Who said? We're learning over here today. I, I love Larry Allen. I love when you, Larry Allen, man. When you say yeah. Larry Allen, about you know, people person. just know they play this game. When you say Larry Allen's name, you you just, you just, it's naturally like, that's a bad man. <laughs> and it goes right out. That's a bad yes. man. And ain't no shut your mouth. It's like there's a bad man. You better watch out. <laughs> <laughs> but let me Watch give you out, some Dallas Cowboy connection for myself too. So you said what inspired me to play? I saw Tony Dorsett play. Okay, when I was oh. young. I'm five, you know, four or five years old. Dallas Cowboys were the truth. Oh. Thirty three is rolling and running that rock, and he looked just like my dad. Just like my dad. The initials are the same. My dad is Tony wow. Draft. You know, wow. Tony Dorsett. They looked alike. Same wow. height, you know, same age. And it was like, man, I'm going to be running back. I'm going to wear 33. I'm going to do this. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I, that's when I first wanted to play football. But I, I, I'm very, you know, it, it's very important to say that you can want to play football and then you play football. Play football. And I you play football. <laughs> and I remember, I remember when I first came out yeah. of the field, I was 10 years oh, old. Yeah. I'm playing at our. Youth football, you know, junior All-Americans, what we called it in Orange County. And I, they, I come out on the field, and, you know, they ask you what position you're going to play, all right? And I'm like, you know what time it is. It's my time. I'm about to play some football. You know what time it is. I am running back. Where's my number? 33. Let's go get it. They said, you're going to be an offensive lineman. I said, no, no. I'm a running back. No, you're going to be a defensive lineman. I said, no, 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 no. You, you don't see this. You, you don't see this. This is the running back. So I remember trying to show them over the first couple of days of practice of how they were completely mistaken, and they must have lost their mind to not 
got me as running back and just ran all over the place. So tired, so sore. <laughs> and and I, I learned the most important fact in terms of playing football is that uh, if you want to play well, if you want to play at the level that you need to, you're going to have to go to work. And, oh, yeah. and when I, when I went to work, I'd played other sports before I played soccer, baseball, all those things, but there's nothing that'll have your body sore like some football. Mm. Oh, I remember being at home after those first couple of practices and I'm like, man, they not let me, dad, they not let me play running back and I'm sore and I'm hurting it. And he's looking at me like, you just going to work that soreness out. <laughs> right. Yeah, mm-hmm. get right back up and do it out. again. Yeah, they, they know they, 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 they no excuses. You you gonna play the positions they put you in, and you gonna work mm-hmm. that soreness out. And, and I, you know, I, I love it <laughs> that mm-hmm. you know this ten years old learned you know really what commitment looks like. It, it, it really made you know this huge impact because it said that you have a plan. I had my plan, and uh, somebody else had another plan for me, and. You know, with my dad, you know, saying that and me going in on playing offensive line and defensive line, I actually carried that with me uh, throughout my playing career. And now that experience uh, made it where I appreciated Keenan that much more and in our defensive lineman that much more by having to play early on. Mm. Definitely. Anybody want hey, to add to that? Yeah, <laughs> hey, Draft, you talk about having, you know what I'm saying, uh, about – you was wanting to be a running back and they had you playing defensive line at first, you know, I sit up and think back, you know, football wasn't always like my first choice neither. You know, I mm-hmm. thought I, I was going to be the next Jose Canseco. You know, I used yeah. to play baseball growing up and, you know, it, one of them things, man, I had that, <laughs> yeah, I had that wow. thick gene and I grew out of it, man. So <laughs> next thing you know, Hey, there I am on the football field. <laughs> I've been playing baseball since about six, seven years old, bro. So Oh, yeah. baseball. Yeah. yeah, I love baseball. Did you ever yeah, think Jose- that she was going to have a career in baseball? It's something that, what, you know, like you said, you had your story about NFL, but I mean, um, playing football, but did you ever really think that she was going to be, because you know that? Oh, yeah. That baseball field, you know, time, like, it's really hard to see, a, you know, a yeah. star well, like well, you that. Know, well, you know, something happened. You know, my eyesight started getting bad and couldn't quite <laughs> see that baseball the way I needed to see it. And I didn't, I didn't want to wear my glasses out there. So, you know, it was a good thing. you know, I transitioned into football and the guys are a couple yards in front of me. So uh, don't worry. I got the whole eyesight thing fixed later on. But it uh, kind of pushed me in that direction. Hey, baseball's not it for you. Get over here. You're on the line, baby. <laughs> okay okay let's go into the next one then since mm-hmm. we got into how y'all started with playing football now that we are pro um who was your favorite teammate or coach when you played for the falcons so i'm, I'm gonna say keenan was one of my favorite teammates with mr forney that young man from nacogdoches texas my dog <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in, in terms of a coach, I, I have to say Wade Phillips is my dude, man. Uh, Wade, Wade Phillips is my guy and, wow. you know, really a, a coach that really cared about his his players. You know, a lot of times when you're around football, people say, oh, it's like a family. We're so close and we're this. And no, no. It, it's, you know, we're working together. We, we have a, a, a strong relationship. We're connected because we go into battle together. But family, I don't know, right? But but Wade's a guy that really did care and you know, cared so much that every time when I saw him when he was a coach for another team, 
the first person that's tapping you on the shoulder, first person is Wade Phillips. And, you know, it's, you know, when someone asks you how you're doing, you know if they really care. You know, it's like, how oh, you yeah. doing? Yeah. Versus really looking at you and asking you how mm-hmm. you're doing. And you, and you just you just know that they care. And I think any any guy that's played with Wade that you get on, they'll say the same thing. Because he was, he was extremely authentic with it. He made you feel like, you know, that you matter. And that he saw who you were as an individual and as a man. So uh, definitely Wade Phillips. Wade was cool, bro, because I remember even he was on the defensive side. I remember liking Wade too, you know, because you could just you can you can tell when people are genuine. Y'all know when somebody trying to be fake. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Some of the coaches mm-hmm. come up and right. say mm-hmm. something to you. You're like, man, you don't give a damn. Why don't you going back <laughs> over there? You know, but yeah, Wade was one of them cool, mm-hmm. genuine coaches, man. Yeah, so I can see why you say that. Yeah. Uh, it's for me. Uh, I want to say the guys that was funny. You know, of course, my man Draft was one of my favorite teammates, but the guys that was on the team that could crack jokes like like your Jerron <laughs> Bolden. I don't know if y'all remember JB. Oh. He was number twenty one. Oh, we got uh, our fans right yes. here. We love the time fans. Man, like, I mean, I'm talking about we'll roast you, we'll fire you up, we'll score on you, however you want to say it, man. He was one of those people. I don't know, y'all tell me. Like, it's you, we all had that friend or somebody in your class or your neighborhood on the bus or something mm-hmm. where you know not to get on him because if he get back on you, he going to be on you for about 30, 40 minutes yeah. and have everybody <laughs> laughing at you. And oh, JB was that guy. Like, I remember we'd be on the plane rides coming home. And, man, if, <laughs> if you get him started, boy, he going to be on you for about an hour or so. But guys like that, those were my <laughs> favorite teammates. Him hey. and Demario Williams, you know, they'll just, you know, you know, I, I like to I on people. Mario, I, like, I like to hear I like people to i like to uh, hear people get roasted you know what i'm saying that's my thing so the funny the funny <laughs> yeah, team hilarious. Are my favorites. yeah mm-hmm. fred mccrary you know the mississippi state bulldog oh my goodness boy yeah and i mean you know those jokes during those time because during the football season it's a long season you know you count in all the training camp and you know you need something to kind of get your mind off of how your body's feeling because we always had this famous saying once the football season started on the first day of training camp. What was that draft? This is the best that you're gonna feel all year. The rest of the year, you just your body's gonna be in a constant state of inflammation. So you need something to kind of get your mind off of it, just to kind of make it go by. Because you know it's man, it's a long season, y'all. Trust me, that's yeah. a long year of football. Oh, I can imagine. I definitely can imagine that. Because uh, you you gotta find something, especially you know you're on the road all the time. So, yes. you know, you, you got to make a friendship and family with your teammates because, you know, your family is not seeing you. So and that's pretty much back then. You know, that was before the you could pick up a phone and FaceTime somebody, you know, well, you know mm-hmm. with football. We're not on the road, say so much, but we are around each other all the time. Yeah, it is exactly. absolutely yeah. a grind. And, and literally Word. the whole kind of goal of the game is to put fire on your opponent so much that he questions if he wants to play the game. So, you know, when you're walking in that in that building, regardless of how much somebody is paid, I mean, that's just to understand the kind of the violence of this game is you still are questioning, like, all right, let me make sure this stuff is right, you know, you know, because I'm about to go against Keenan today. It's not like, oh, I, I, I'm a linebacker. I'm just showing up. But to play linebacker is to be ready to run in to Keenan, like, and then the running back, bam. And if I'm not in the right mind to do that, 
Dude. Man. You better get my mind right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, them linebackers, man. Y'all got to come down here. Y'all got to play with the big boys. And y'all got to tackle them boys 230, 40 pounds coming through there. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes with one arm. <laughs> While engaged in wrestling with us. That's, uh, and yeah, that's where I got a question for y'all. That's yeah. exactly where I have a question. That's why I have a question for you. I know where you're going. <laughs> you guys just said, one, you got to get ready for those opponents. Which guy, Keaton, Chris, which guys, guys, it, it could be more than one. Which guy that you were really, I say, dreaded or you love to compete against that you knew he was going to bring it and you knew it was going to be a long Hard day. Hmm. You want to take that one, draft first, or should I? You can you can do it first, King. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I will say I will say this. You know, over time, you know, there wasn't anybody that I was out there. You know, my first couple of years, there were guys I was nervous of, but then over time, there weren't anybody that I was scared of. But then, you know, there was some guys that I was like, okay, you know what? As soon as you saw them on the schedule, you knew you had to get mentally ready for them months before you saw them mm -hmm. or even when it that game on Sunday is over with and you got them next Sunday you are already getting into your mindset for how you got to play a week later you know what I mean like let's just say Sunday four o'clock mm -hmm. the game's over with and you know you're playing Tampa Bay next week okay man I got to get my body right I got to mm -hmm. get my mind right so I can be ready this same time next week and for me like Going against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, their defense, you know, because they had Simeon Rice on one side, Sap on another side, Booger McFarlane. Oh, man. Yeah, Greg Spires at end, Derek Brooks, Shelton Quarles, Brian Kelly, Rondé Barber, John Lentz. Oh, you're bringing it back. Yeah, like I remember all those guys because, you know, you like, like that, that was a, that was a badass defense. Let's Take be honest. Missions. That was a badass defense. Te technicians, yeah, man. technicians, oh and they God. and they played hard. And man, they were very talented up front. I mean, they were running cover two. They weren't bringing too many extra guys to blitz. They was getting there with four guys, and ah. and you know, like okay. yeah. honestly, and 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 really, the one guy on that defensive front that we would go back and forth was Booger McFarlane, the guy that's calling, mm -hmm. you know, the Monday night football game. Well, he's not doing the Monday night football game, but y'all know who he Booger is. Booger Yeah, Rhythm. but me and Booger, we used to go at it like, and it was one of those things where every time we get ready to play each other, we see each other at midfield before the game, and we didn't have nothing at all to say to each other. You know, we, I kind of look at him, he look at me, and we so you see know you what it about, is. See you in about 20 minutes. Exactly, right? You know what it is. And when the game's over with, you know, we're going to dab each other. Hey, man, you know what it is, you know. But every time we played each other, it was always I would have a really good game or he would have a really good game. There'd be no in-between because, man, we just – I don't know. It was just one of the – it was – that was that was the I guess that was my nemesis. That was one of those guys. There's a bunch of guys, but him in particular, there was there was never a tie between us. Let's just say that. Some players bring out the best in you, definitely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, you got to bring your A game for a, a lot of players, but that makes you better a lot of times. Oh yeah, oh yeah, very much so. Like in the off season when you're training and working out, you know, there's some times you know in June when you don't feel like getting underneath that squat rank after an OTA practice. And then you get the thing in yourself, um, I better get up underneath the squat rack because I know Booger down in Tampa getting up underneath it. Be damned if my knee is sore. Be damned if, 
you know, <laughs> if my ankle or whatever. So I got to get this weight because I don't want to be light when I see no, him in September, October, November, mm-hmm. whenever it is, we got to meet up. Man. So, you know, going to get, like you said, going against those guys that's, that bring out the best in you, it brings out the best of you year round because, you know, it ain't no half stepping like Big Daddy Kane in June, July, whenever you're trying to get ready for him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Katie, you hit that right on, man. I, you know, there's there's always those teams that are just that they can be a, a team, so it's not even just a player. But mm. but uh, I'm I'm gonna give you one player that had people scared like crazy, and that is Barry Sanders. Oh. His last year in the league uh, was my rookie year uh, with the Chicago Ooh. Bears, and uh, my my room my roommate from Stanford. He he played with the Minnesota Vikings, and he. He had called before we had played Detroit and just kind of gave me a a feeling. <laughs> How do you feel about playing against Barry Sanders? And he said it was amazing. It seemed like that people held their breath every time he got the ball. And then they would just <sighs> and it was every time because he just he was a guy that always had the ability to take it to the house. There were so many you know, so many negative plays that he made that were positive. And then I was with the Chicago Bears. You guys know he put, like, a highlight tape together almost every time he played for the Bears, except for that year uh, where we actually played him We played him well. But it wasn't anything that people celebrated. I mean, I think, you know, to understand how great he was is that you didn't see people celebrate. If they made a tackle, they knew that it was a good thing, but not something to be to celebrate, like overly celebrate because he's just so amazing. Uh, so Barry Sanders is that guy. Uh, I've been playing against uh, Michael Vick when I was with Carolina. It was amazing to see how the Carolina Panthers team were like this dude. I mean, man, like- talk about that, Drew. I've always wondered what was said in other teams about Mike. You know, I knew what it was in our building and on practice field, but what was it for y'all oh, when y'all was at Carolina? Oh, oh. I'm gonna tell you, they it was it was it was scared, man. Because when you look at the <laughs> you look at the record, so, you know, I, you know, I was with the Falcons. You know, right? I mean, they they was they was scared. And you, and, you, and you remember Mike flying on that one play uh, when he came back after his leg after he hurt his leg, mm. and he plays against the Panthers, and he kind of flies from like the five yard line into the end zone and. You know, being on his teammate, that's that was dope. Like that was that was yes. All right. But for the other team, it was like, man, that dude flew, man. <laughs> he flew, man. Like he, and so uh yeah, it's it's a it's a complete different kind of perspective. When you play with somebody, you know somebody real well, they're your teammate, versus when you go away and now they're the team looking at them. So it was uh yeah. It, it was it was it was something to hear mm-hmm. hear their, their reaction to him. That's funny. That's funny. Mm-hmm. I always wonder what was said in the mother rooms and the mother uh, defensive meeting rooms, especially <laughs> especially when he was on. You sure it's PG though, Chris? Are you sure it's PG? You sure it's PG? What they were saying? Yeah, I bet not. I no, again, when you talking about a bad dude, it's not like you cursing all over the place. I mean, it's like. How did he do that? He flew. All right. I mean, and that's you know, they watched them and it's like they were replaying that, you know, this 
<laughs> of how he did something and they can't explain it. Like, right? But, but you know, again, hey, from the Falcons, we saw stuff like that, but that was our teammates. So for me, as a defensive player, every time mm. I saw him, I was like, dude, don't. Mm-hmm. Don't expose yourself that way. Don't do it. Oh, <laughs> don't do it. Oh, first down. <laughs> hey, Chris, hey, Chris, it, it was wasn't it crazy? It's just like every day you would just see him do something, and you get to where you just got used to it, you know. And then it was like the year after he left and he was gone, you kind of was like, God, dog, man, you know, Superman ain't here no more. You know, he can't. You know, it's like those amazing, well, not like, but right. it's exactly what it was, man. Them amazing plays left with him, you know, that energy left with him, you know, because you just always knew he was going to do something that was just beyond, you know, anything that you could think about. He would just do something at that quarterback position, and you'd just be like, God, dog, man. Like, there'd be times, Chris, in a game, know. we would he would do something, and we'd all be in the huddle looking up at the Georgia Dome Jumbotron like, God dang, boy, look at that. He'd be looking at it like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 it's, it's real, Kenan. I mean, I, I think uh, the only thing for me when I, when I think back, I wish that he was coached in a way where you see a Lamar Jackson right now, mm. see a Patrick Mahomes, you see a Russell Wilson, uh, guys that are mobile mm. and then understand how to get yards and get down. Mm. Because th- that guy, you know, as long as I played, he had the best arm ever seen, right? Mm. His Can best I. arm. The, but the problem was he didn't know how to put that touch. You know, oh. that Russell Wilson ball that goes, woo! Mm-hmm. Right? And, and <laughs> if he could have had that, and again, with another standing I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I'm about to say I got a couple questions. Ooh, I, 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 yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right, Chris. Chris, I'm about to say your first year in Atlanta. Uh, I just want to make sure I got this right. Uh, you did play with Justin Tuggle your first year in Atlanta, right? Oh yeah. I, I, I'm about to say you could embrace us with one of them stories right there. <laughs> hammer. So, so which which you just got to get when when your name is the Hammer. <laughs> So I had a, I, I, I got I to I regress and say this. I had a guy at Stanford. We had a young guy at Stanford who nicknamed himself the animal, right? So we all know what that is. That is some straight BS because you can't give yourself a nickname, right? But Jesse that <laughs> is soft-spoken when he gets the nickname the hammer, it just absolutely says that he brings Freaking pain! All right, that you know, like you can't have a nickname as the hammer and go out with hands on each other like little little this. Like, <laughs> you know, if you're yeah, half stepping, yeah, yeah. you might get thrown out of the club. Like I said earlier, like it, it, dress code violation, get up out the club. That, you know, so I guess what to say is it Jesse, amazing player. And again, just the just even having the nickname the hammer really just says like you earn that. Now, that's not something that just happens. So to, to be called the hammer where people recognize it, it means you didn't put fire on a bunch of people. Man. Wow. Hey, Jesse will knock your head off, bro. Mm-hmm. I remember coming in as a rookie and he was still there and 
some of them goal line practices that Dan Reeves would have, and I would have to chip on the nose or the two and climb up on Jesse. Now, you know Jesse about 5'9", five, 5'10", five, and if you don't get low, <laughs> bruh, he gonna, gonna cockroach you. You know what I'm saying? Y'all ever see the dead cockroaches? They be on the ground. Man, dog, like, I remember, I like, my first couple times hitting him. Now, you know, I'm I'm playing with a lot of fire trying to make the squad. So I'm like, man, yo, if I if I can get the hem up out of here, you know, you know, I'll look good on tape. Man, that joke is so strong. Y- y'all don't understand how strong he is, man. And this was year 14 for him, right, Drive? <laughs> wow. This was year 14. And I was just like, golly, man, this joke is so strong. 14. And yeah, like so we hit each other and <laughs> but man like he was you know what I, I, with that said i will say man jesse was so cool because being a young guy coming in jesse would talk to you for hours just about his path you know because jesse was a like back when they had 13 14 rounds you know coming from valdosta state and i think he told me one time he was like the sixth or seventh linebacker on the roster at one time and so he just you know, hearing his story gave me and some of the other guys, I don't know about, you know, how it did for them, but I know for me, it gave me a lot of motivation. Like, man, you know what? You can be a low round pick or fridge. And, you know, because y'all, I was a seven round. That gave me a lot of inspiration. Like, man, yo, I can come in and do this thing, man. This guy right here did it, you know? And he's he wasn't your prototypical linebacker size, you know, for middle linebacker. He was about 5'10, about 240. But he'll he'll mm-hmm. drop that thing on you. You know what I'm saying? You come in there slipping. And Jesse was just so cool. I see him to this day, man. And he's same as ever, man. That's yeah. you know, that's uh to me, he needs to be in the Hall of Fame. He should be in the Hall of Fame. Not just maybe if not for his playing ability, but just for the type of person he is. Hey Jew, you got a question? Mm-hmm. Hey man, they already made my night. As Mike was saying, Mike Vick is my guy. He the reason why I ride with the Falcons. I actually grew up in the Hampton Roads area. Y'all mm. know he's from uh, Hampton, Newport News area. So I grew, yeah, I grew up out in Virginia. So when Michael Vick, <laughs> when he was in that era, I was growing up. I was in high school. So to me, mm. he was the man. Like he could walk on water, man. He, I seen him do stuff in the game, and I'm like, he must see TV. That's the nickname I gave him. Must see TV. I knew when I settled my uh, my TV every Sunday. Monday night football, I'm gonna see something I ain't never seen before. Mm. But I just want to ask you guys, what's your favorite Michael Vick story? Because I seen Forney uh in his documentary talking about how Vic ran on the field for the first time with some chapstick in his hand and like he was this ultra confident. So I want to know what's the uh y'all story? What's your favorite Michael Vick story? I don't remember that. Hey, to be honest, hey, I don't even that, that story, that story that I told, you know, I, I missed a couple things from it because like I was a rookie starting my first game. I'm out there nervous as hell, but seeing him walk out there in the huddle just kind of, you know, he made the play call. Hey, so this is good. All right. And Jamal Anderson looked like, man, what the f- are you doing? I'm nervous. I'm looking up. He kind of set me at ease with his cool and his calm. You know what I'm saying? So seeing that, I was just like, yo, man, this cat here, he different. Like, okay. Yeah, I, I, it, it's hard. Uh, with, you know, it's hard to say which which play as it relates to Mike. I mean, again, there's so many. Uh, I think you know, there's going to be tons of highlights of that Green Bay Green Bay playoff game uh, this oh. week. The Falcons go up to Green Bay, so you're yes. going to see a whole bunch of that. But 
I mean, oh. it's really uh, that Mike, you know, I, if I say it as a collective, actually, actually, let me, let me get this. What is my favorite play? The favorite play is in Minnesota, Minnesota over time. And oh yeah, and he, I, he I ran finished, into the locker room, didn't he? I think. And, yeah, I had finished off games in high school where I was running the ball and I kind of, you know, put the you know, put the game to bed and, and ran in. But it was like the first time that I've really mm -hmm. been somebody else doing that. And then in that fashion, it was absolutely ridiculous. It was like you saw him go back and he looked a little bit and he said, you know what? This game is over. Bam. He go, you know, he's running. Puts him, you know, put a little extra burst on it. They run into each other a little bit more. Another burst runs in each other. I mean, and then game is over. And, and to think of what that run means is you have like some of the most amazing athletes in the world that he literally – messed up their angle because he was able to put it into another gear and did that twice. Like, that stuff doesn't happen that they could mess up like that two times and then took it to the house and it was done. Like, I was like, that's just not, that's on another level. On another yeah, brother. Hey, he oh, was yeah. balling that whole game. Bro. I think he might have had like 175 on the on the. You know, I was just about to cut. He, I think he might have had about a buck seventy five on that thing, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dram, here's here's another uh, funny one for you. you. Was with Carolina at the time. Check this out. I don't know if, but check this out. So I forget what year it was, but we played y'all the first game. And Mike was running all over the field. Like, we was cutting up or whatever, right? And, you know, defense, they was having to chase him and da 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 And your boy, Mike Minna, number 30, the safety, right? Uh -huh. I remember towards the end of the game, in the uh, fourth quarter, he was chasing Mike, and he got up, and he had his hands on his head. <sighs> <sighs> and I walked by him. I said, I said, hey, man, he fast, ain't he? He looked at me. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you, you know sometimes that's all you can say, brother. That you know, I was watching you know Lamar Jackson last night early in the game when he he ran a couple of those uh ran a couple of those plays where you just looked at him like uh yeah man he 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 real fast, bro. <laughs> He's fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. He 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 just he he has so much. Man, he just, he has so much ability, y'all. Like I tell people this all the time. Like we had our Steve Young, we had our John Elway here. You know, we had our quarterback to take us to get the Lombardi. You know, it's just uh, mm -hmm. just didn't get it done, man. You know, and mm -hmm. but you know what? Even with that said, you know, it's still so many great memories. You know, like we sitting here talking about it, man. I got all kind of pictures, and every so often I'll pull up some on YouTube and. You know, they have somebody has something on there where they show like the old ESPN highlights, how you were saying, my man, like you turn on Monday night and they showing the clips from Sunday. And it was just like watching the damn video game. You I know, that joke out there. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like he was uh, like, I, I was I was so glad to be a part of it and blessed and fortunate that he asked me to be a part of that uh football life story of his you know like i was really taken aback when he asked me like you know hey i want you to be a part of it. and i was just like man you know what i appreciate that because uh man it's uh I, I it was a great a it was a great honor for me it was a great honor for me i'll just say that <laughs> what's up that's for both of you guys i got a question for both of you guys man um with that said I, it's a it's a lot of I wouldn't necessarily say negativity, but a lot of people haven't 
forgiven Mike, you know, the way I think he did. Um, what is the most I want to phrase this right. I want to phrase this right. What's misunderstood about Mike that a lot of people just just like, okay, what I'm referring to, I'm just going to get to it, is the playbook. Mike didn't study the playbook. Mike didn't do that. Mike didn't do that. But when you're a gifted athlete the way he is, do you really have to study the playbook the way that, you know, that he says? Because Things come so easy with him. Mm-hmm. It comes so easily with him. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah, he's the quarterback, but he's so gifted. You can't do the things that Michael Vick can do. You can't do this. You can't do that. Is this something? Is that something that a lot of people kind of you know look at Mike and say, you know, Mike just lazy. Mike is this. Was Mike anything like that, man? Well, I think there there's one misconception. You know he. I mean, you do have to look at the playbook. You can't just not know what to do out there. You know what I mean? Maybe he right. didn't right. get into it as much as some of those other guys, the other quarterbacks around the league, you know, but there's no way that you cannot not look at the quarter not look at the playbook. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, I would and I wouldn't right. just say that he was just lazy either because here's the thing, Mike practiced every day. He wasn't sitting up in the training room, not, you know, not out there on the field practicing. I hardly remember any time where he was just like, nah, I ain't going to practice today. No, he was out there practicing every day unless he was hurt or something like that, which was rare. You know, he had that one time where he broke his leg and he couldn't practice. But no, Mike wasn't lazy, you know. Now, could he have, you know, maybe did more, you know, and got more out of his talents? Yes. You know. But as far as like being lazy, no, because to me, when you say somebody lazy, that means that just they they just sitting on their ass, they ain't doing shit. No, he was out there <laughs> practice all the time. He was out there working. He was out there in the office <laughs> doing the training. Yeah. So I, I think I was I was alluding to it a little bit earlier, and that is that you know the idea of was he coached at the maximum level. And, you know, it, it kind of goes to what you were saying. If you're that good, do you really need to study? And the, and the answer is yes, you do. Because if you're that good and you and you don't study as much, think of how good you would be if you did, right? Mm. And and I think, you know, the problem with, with Mike was that he actually was so good, he made coaches in the fans, right? <laughs> I mean, if you look at Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles, the Philadelphia Eagles, they were running a West Coast offense. They ran the ball. And then all of a sudden, Mike becomes the the starting co- you know starting quarterback. And all of a sudden, they're doing straight drop back, five and seven yard drop backs, and they're wondering why he's getting hit so much. They're not running the ball, so they're not doing any play pass because they just he could throw the ball further than they ever could see somebody throw. Like he, they couldn't out throw you know he could you know he couldn't out throw a, a Deshaun you know you know Deshaun as he's running it. So I guess what I'm saying is that the the hardest part for Mike is that the that the coaches did not continue to coach him the whole time. And if they did with really understanding where we see our guys like Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, and Patrick Mahomes and some of these other guys that you can be mobile without taking hits. You can be accurate. We, we just have to play to your strengths and coach you. I mean, if that happened, Oh my goodness, it, it would, it would have been ridiculous. 
Hey, another, another thing to add on to that too, bro, is, you know, when Dan Reeves was here, you know, he was, you know, I think Dan Reeves kind of had that father figure, you know, don't mess with me, you know, don't play around with me type attitude, you know, and I think <laughs> if Dan might have been here a little bit longer, you know, that might have forced Mike into, you know, but who knows? I mean, but I just know that, you know, that year that Mike was first the the start of that first year, you know, uh, I know Dan, you know, uh, come on, because you know how Dan was uh, draft. You might be sitting in the locker room talking about God knows what, and Dan walk in there, you straighten up. You know, you know whatever straight foolishness in there. In there. he was talking about, it's, it's out the window. You straighten up, right? <laughs> right. hey, absolutely. Absolutely. Shout out to Coach Reeves. I love Coach Reeves. Uh, Shout out to Coach Reeves. I, I miss the panties. Do that no. dirty bird. I miss no. all of that. I miss no. all of that. But guess what, fellas? We are up on our half hour. So, like I said before, if you want to stick on, we're going to go into the heavy hitter show where we're going to recap this, you know, the game Sunday. If you want to hang tight, you're more than welcome. But I know, um, you said you had some um, prior engagement, so we want to um, just give you the uh, floor for a minute. Let everybody know uh, where to find you and just kind of what's upcoming for you. Yes, uh, my Twitter handle is Keenan Forney sixty five. My Instagram handle is F six five Performance. Uh, right now, I'm training uh, different offensive linemen in the area. I'm uh, at Dash Performance in Lawrenceville, Georgia. It's right off the. Uh, Sugarloaf exit right next to the new Papa Do's, uh for young offensive linemen. If you want to come get coached up, if you want to uh, take your game to the next level, come holler at me. I've had different um, high school kids going Division One. I've just had the first offensive tackle taken in the draft, Andrew Thomas from Lithonia or from Georgia, uh, University of Georgia. I was training him this offseason. Uh, so I do it all. I got high school, college, pros. Uh, you know, and I like to I, I just like to be a mentor to young kids, man, you know, just to speak some positivity into them, you know, because I've been blessed so much. So I, I, I consider it an honor and I must give back. Is there a website we can find all your information, everything um, so I can put that in the chat for everyone to kind of, you know, uh, look for you and everything? Um, the website to? of the actual facility is Dash, D-A-S-H, Performance. That's an acronym uh, for Developing Athletes Starts Here. Uh, they have a website. My website is just my Twitter handle and okay. my Instagram handle. So, I mean, if you're trying to get in touch with me, hit me up through one of those avenues. Uh, I'm not Hollywood, as you can tell from this <laughs> You interview. are amazing. Hey, yeah, hey. ain't no Hollywood. I'm regular as hell. You know what I'm saying? Hit me up. I'll get right That's back That's what with we you. love. <laughs> but here's the other thing. Don't hit me up if you ain't trying to work. You know what I'm saying? Hey. That's hey, all right. That's what I'm talking about. That's yes, right. Okay. Thank you for that. I know you said you needed to hop off. So yeah. I really appreciate you taking the time out to interview hey, with us. Hey, we need blessing. to do this again. CD. We, we need to do this, man. man. We need to do this Absolutely. again, y'all. Oh, hey, 
Hey, yeah, hey, let, let, let's make that happen. Let's make that happen. But I appreciate y'all. I gotta help my baby girl get ready for this science test tomorrow. Oh, you know what I'm yeah. saying? But yeah, hey, let's let's talk about that a little bit more. We do this again. Oh, all right. Man. Okay, appreciate Sounds it. Like Thank, you. All right, Thank you. Thank you. Nice. All right. One love. One love. And so did you want it to hang on and tell everybody about you know how to find you, or did you want to join us in the conversation? I might hang out here for a little bit, but uh, okay. you know, I'll I'll just say a little bit so that if when I have to dr- jump off, I can just slide right off off the off the call. But uh, okay, yeah, you you guys know the work work we've been doing. You know, my wife uh, Keisha passed from lung cancer in uh, December of 2010, right when I finished up playing in NFL. And uh, well, actually, she was diagnosed in 2010, passed December of 2011, and before she passed, we had a chance to get married and and. When we got married, she asked if our family and friends would support the foundation so that we could create our team draft initiative that's changing the face of lung cancer. And so, uh, you know, that that's the work that I've been doing since that, you know, since that time is, is really changed the face of lung cancer by finding advocates that are similar to my wife that are willing to stand up and fight for other people, not just for themselves. And in doing that, uh, really send the message that research matters, that it's it's you know, we can't just prevent it. It's just like every other cancer, every other disease out there that we need research to be able to have better early detection, better treatments, and and be able to have more survivors that are living uh, at a higher quality of life. And so, again, that's that's the work, work we've been doing. Is you know, gone all over the world uh, in doing that work. I mean, I'm so blessed with uh, being able to play in the NFL because it gives a platform to be able to address pretty much anything. Uh, you know, the key is about having the relationships with your community so you can get it done. So it's not just one person saying something. Uh, but, uh, you know, the team building skills I learned by playing football, I apply those directly to everything that we're doing. And that is, again, building a building a team of, of advocates that want to stand up, building a team of experts that are willing to take a stand. And, and again, making it clear that, that research matters and that we are fighting for our survivors and the only way we can fight for them is with a complete sense of urgency. Definitely. I actually have a, I actually had an uncle that passed away of lung cancer. So I, I, I totally understand. I totally you, understand. Where you're coming from. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So we're getting ready to get into the meat and potatoes of this show, the heavy hitters. We got to talk about Sunday. So I'm going to let y'all have this. I'll probably jump off and let y'all have y'all show. But um, let's go. Mm-hmm. Sunday. Sunday. Oh, my God. I know y'all about to start Ooh. it up. <laughs> yeah, Chris might want to slide out. He might want to slide out because I don't think he want to, you know, be smirch the great name. <laughs> I, I, know, I know you guys are going to fire it up a little bit. Again, just because I'm sitting right here and, I, and you know, I, you know, at the end of the day, <laughs> you have to be honest about the game. I mean, when you come on, on Monday, you know, if you want to make any changes, you have to be honest about it. That's why Monday can be very difficult because you're going to have to sit there and watch that tape. And But the, the most important thing is recognizing that as bad as it is that they lost, there was a whole bunch of good the same way as even in that Dallas game. So I know as you guys are about to go in on the Falcons, uh, mm-hmm. We want to make sure that we don't completely forget the fact that there was a whole bunch of good in that game. Absolutely. A whole bunch of good, right? Absolutely. So go and get it now. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, this, this is a part of this. This is a positive place for Atlanta Falcons football. So 
trust me, that, this is what we do here. We, we're fair and we're honest and we share nothing but the facts and the truth. So I appreciate you joining. If you want to, you know, step off and let us do our thing, that's, that's fine. Uh, we, we definitely love everything that you're doing, not only for the community, but for the Atlanta Falcons. Well, well hey, you guys have a great show, man. Get our people a little bit fired up and, and get them ready. I mean, we got to be honest about it, but then at the same time, make sure <laughs> our fans still stay energized for this game. Right? Yeah. Thank you. Oh, always. Thank y'all for having me, man. Absolutely. Thank you for your time. Thank you. Appreciate yes, it. Man. All right. Whew. Hey, man. Look. Hey, look, 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 look. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm going to just say this, man. Um, I wasn't necessarily happy from what I saw. Dirt cutter. That, that, that annoyed me more than anything. That annoyed me more than anything. I don't know about you guys, but looking at dirt cutter, um that's not what i want to hear i don't want to hear that from our our offensive coordinator again this is the same thing hearing from them the same thing we had a chance to be aggressive we had a chance to be aggressive we we haven't we heard that before we hear it every week. That sounds like the same. That same. That sounds exactly like the Super Bowl talk. That sounds exactly the way they make an excuse in the Super Bowl for not making the right call. And I don't. I don't know who said that. I forget who it was. It may have been Jew, but somebody said maybe it is. It could have been Kevin, but maybe this is Dan Quinn, who is preaching this aggressive, this false aggressive mentality, man. Like. Sometimes you got to do the right thing. Sometimes you got to look. We got to slow down. We can't always be aggressive at certain moments. You got to be smart at the right moments. And I don't think Falcons have been, you know, necessarily smart. It's okay to be aggressive in certain situations, but it's the end of the game. It's the end of the game. What are you doing? Run the freaking ball. Run the clock down. Give them, make it harder for them. You're making it easy. You're giving these guys four minutes to run the, to, to score. That's it. I'm gonna say this. What do you I, mean, don't, I, don't, I don't like the, the the fact that it seems like the players are scared to speak up and speak mm. out about what's going on. It's all kind of scripted. Everybody's scripted. Oh, mm-hmm. we're supporting our, you know, coach and everything. I, I'm sorry, I'm joining y'all class tonight, but um, to me, it just doesn't seem genuine to me. Like y'all have to be mm-hmm. frustrated. We've had amazing leads. Mike, uh, Matt Ryan, Ridley, all of them. You know, everybody just putting up great. You know numbers we we we're doing great and then what happens after the fact you change it up what works you want to switch it up after the half it's frustrating so it's like now we're going into sunday and monday not even knowing pretty much know what to expect because it's like and it's people that say oh well they blame matt ryan and everything else but it's like i'm 
39 points, you're supposed to win the game. Exactly. What are you saying? That's not enough for you? That's not enough for you? So it's like, what more can Matt Ryan do for y'all? That's just all I'm saying. So I'll leave y'all to it. <laughs> hey, hey, I, I can't run it explode, boy. I can't run it explode. <laughs> Right. I'm about to take this. Like, like I said, it, it just seems like the players are not afraid of the coaches, just like you said. Yeah. Just like our guests, like like Drafts and Forney said with Darius, if he walks in the room, you know when to shut Ooh. the fuck up. Uh -huh. I don't, think, I don't think this team has that culture, those type of coaches that will put that fear in. Like you said, 39 mm -hmm. points, boy, that's a shoe-in win right there. For the average NFL team, mm -hmm. you can't play good for three. That's what I said. You can't play good for three and a half quarters. You gotta play good for sixty minutes. And if I gotta go one more week talking about sixty minutes, I'm about to go watch. <laughs> we have to play four quarters, guys. Remember that. <laughs> they just let up. And then like, like they just let up. Like Mike said, man, that's just that's just lack of football situational awareness. Uh -huh. They like said, don't try to force Matt Ryan to win the game. If the game is there, let it flow. You run the ball to run the clock. Like you said, it's the same shit that happened in the Super Bowl. Exactly. That's how it felt. It definitely felt that way. You let you you instead of using the clock as your advantage, you, you basically let the clock defeat you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. So we can't blame Matt Ryan on this. Can't blame the offense. Like I said, they sputtered in that second half. I get, but at the end of the day, the defense still has to make plays. Exactly. The coaches, the coaches have to put the players in the right spots. And if you ain't doing that, it's like. There just need to be accountability for everyone. Right. You're not getting in on these players um, good enough. It's just, oh, we, next time, we'll do it next time. Get in on these players at halftime. This is what you're supposed to be doing. If mm -hmm. we are blitzing like crazy. You can't be like, oh, Timmy, oh, you broke the TV. Oh, I'm going to give you a cookie. No. <laughs> no, right. You mess up, boy. You get the consequences. Yeah, and that's why I feel, mm -hmm. I feel like this team doesn't have the accountability. They don't hold each other accountable. Uh, what up? I know yeah, that's. Uh, I know you. I know you is chopping at the bit. I already know what you about to go. Go ahead, you. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I'm chopping at the bit because you know y'all hit on all of the points that I was going to hit on, other than. When the plays are there to be made, guys have to make the plays. Like, I was looking on Twitter, and Harry Douglas was saying the same thing I was saying in my video earlier last week, is that, Isaiah Oliver, you got to come off the field. Like, being benched, that could be embarrassing as well. If you ain't out there doing your job, and a coach pull you off the field, and you're on the sideline holding that helmet, you got to take the helmet off, and you're sitting over there on the sideline, that's embarrassing. So I feel like, like we said, we have too. I feel like Dan Quinn and the coaches have too much trust sometimes in the players. It's like they're they're not out there making plays. It's kind of like, oh well, we're just gonna leave them <laughs> out there and keep giving them chances after chances after chances. And it's like 
take them off the field. Like, take them off the field because sometimes when you come off the field, that'll motivate you. And it's and it's embarrassing. Like, really, Dan Quinn doesn't understand, but the, play, the players are embarrassing him. Like, I don't hear hardly none of our fans saying the players are not making plays. I'm hearing everybody saying fire Dan Quinn. But I'm like, it was plays out there. When I went back and watched the game, I had forgot all about uh, Nick Foles throwing that ball where three defenders were standing there. Isaiah Oliver, I think uh, yeah, Deion Jones, three. all of those guys. Yeah, yeah, three Falcon players. He just lobbed the ball up there, and none of them made the play. So it's like the ball was caught, I think, by Jimmy Graham. And then I think it was Casey stripped him, but we still didn't get the ball. So it's just like – and then it was on Twitter. Somebody was saying, again, because if you guys remember in that Eagles game in the divisional round where he threw the ball – Directly to Keanu Neal, and the ball hit him in the chest, and he dropped. And it hit him. Yeah. So I'm like, Demonte Casey hit the ball. Demonte Casey hit that ball out of his hand. He hit the ball out of Isaiah Oliver. Isaiah Oliver had the interception, and he hit the ball out of him. Like at that that, at that point, you got that situational awareness. That's not that's not going and being aggressive and making plays. Making sure your guy is protected in order to get the turnover. That's what – and that's IQ. That's situation awareness, like you said. And that's the biggest thing with our coaching. I feel like we – everybody always talks about New England, and everybody hates to hear me say the Patriots because I can't stand them. That's our nemesis. But Bill Belichick understands uh, clock management, time management. He understands situational football. And I feel like the biggest problem with our coaching staff is they don't understand situational football. Like that's elementary. When it's when you're in a four minute drill and and another team has three timeouts, you want to make them use their timeouts. So you have to run the football. Like I was saying before, you're not even running the ball to gain yardage at this point. You're running the ball to drain the clock and make them use their timeouts. And that was my problem with what Dirk Cutter said in his interview when he was like, "Well, we were just trying to stay aggressive." And at first they had two high safeties, and then later on in the game they only had one one safety. I don't care if they were in the goal line. You run the ball because you're trying to make them use their timeouts because basically we had three incomplete passes in a row. So we still didn't gain any yardage, so you were better off just going ahead and running the ball. Even if they hit us in the backfield, at least mm-hmm. the clock is still moving. And they used their timeouts because we did them a favor by throwing the ball where they had to use none of their timeouts. So basically on that last drive when they, when they went down and scored, they had three timeouts. So it's like – it was key plays. Like I went back and I told you guys, I say this week after week after week, I feel like it's a rerun. I'm saying the same stuff over and over again. I say it's four or five plays in the game that changed the game. If you guys remember on the sideline when they threw the ball to uh, Allen Robinson and Oliver was on that side and Bleedy Way Wilson was on that side. Bleedy missed the tackle and he ran into the end zone. Right there, it was like four minutes left in the game. You make that tackle, you continue to make the clock drain. But it's like, our guys almost, I don't want to say they're giving mm-hmm. up, but it's like you have to, it's two of y'all against one guy. Somebody has to make that tackle. Bring him down to the ground and make that, that clock continue to run. But it's like, it's these small plays that we talk about that's game changers. Brian Hill dropping that third down mm-hmm. pass when he could have easily, he had the ball, but he just didn't look it in all the way. He tried to take off up the field too fast. He had the first down. That would have took more time off the clock. So it's like, it's so many plays in this game that would have changed the game. And that's the reason why when I'm hearing these players, like they interviewed Bleedy, they interviewed Dante Fowler after the game, they interviewed Calvin Ridley, who looked really pissed off. And Calvin Ridley is never like mean with the media and stuff like that. But I don't know if you guys seen He's this like Julio. After- He's like yeah, Julio. Man. He's a lot like Julio. They are ex- yeah. a lot alike. He's chill. He's chill. But Sunday, 
he was pissed off because he's like, y'all keep answering, asking us the same questions. Do we back Dan Quinn? And at the end of the day, these players just want to win. It's like, forget Dan Quinn. I'm out here trying to win because this is interesting. I want to win games. Yeah, man. Forget talking about Dan Quinn's job. Like, who cares about Dan Quinn's job? At the end of the day, we're not getting the job done. So at the end of the day, we all are one. If Dan Quinn gets fired, okay. But we all are 0-3. It's not just Dan Quinn. They're putting that jersey on. And they're going out there on the field. So it's embarrassing to them to lose in this fashion as well. So I feel like sometimes the media, they're not even cautious of the feelings of the players. It's like uh, people wonder why uh, people like Beast Mode uh, or Marshawn Lynch doesn't like to speak to the media and stuff like that. It's because the media is so harsh. It's like y'all asking them these questions right after a game, after a hard-fought battle. It's like Calvin Ridley's pissed off. He ran the wrong route. Oh, y'all see, y'all see me and Miss Maggie. We Y'all see our, y'all see our reactions after the game. We cussing and doing all types of damn things. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and look, and we're not. Young playing. lady come out. I don't even be a lady at that point. I be pissed <laughs> off. And, and we're not even players. So that's what I'm saying. Imagine how they feel. Like our emotions mm. are all tied up in it. But just imagine giving your all out there. You didn't put it. You didn't left it all out on the field. Some of your Conrad's teammates that got injured, you know, out there on the battlefield, and then you come off the field, and then these people that don't, who probably never even laced them up in between those white lines, have the nerve to come at you sideways. Like I understand why I really was pissed off because I'm like, if they asked me about Dan Quinn's job and I was a player, I'd be like, bump Dan Quinn. I don't care about that. Where we back place. him up? Yeah, yeah, man. It don't matter if we back him up because at the end of the day, we're not getting the job done. So it doesn't matter. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, Arthur Blank mm-hmm. won a winner. Mm-hmm. He won a Super Bowl. And right now we're 0-3 and we're going in the wrong direction. So I don't want to hear nothing about what do you feel about Dan Quinn. They keep asking Dan Quinn about the job. It's like it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, the only person that can make that decision is Arthur Blank. So y'all might as well stop asking, keep asking Dan Quinn these players, is he going to get fired? Why hasn't he got fired? Are you guys going to still play for him? Are you guys going to back him? Yeah, like a player is going to say he sucks as a coach. I mean – of course, they're not going to come out and say that. So I feel like at the end of the day, we need to be asking, how can we correct these situations at the end of the day? That's what we need to mm-hmm. see. How can we solve this? And that's what Bleedy Way said. We need to talk about how we can solve these issues that we have. And really, like I said, it's elementary. We're not playing for 60 minutes. K-Style said every week, me and K-Style saying the same thing over and over again, like a rerun. It's the third week in a row that we like, we got to finish. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. It's crazy. And then like people say, Dan Quinn says the same thing every week. I mean, it's coach speak. What is he going to say when you keep doing the same thing over and over? What the hell do you want to say? Mean. He need to be mean. Like, yeah, you know, I'm sorry. He need to be getting in and show, like, you know what? Because Kulik, uh, well, anyway, I'm just saying, it's typical, like they got the damn speech on the paper and they're going to say the same thing this week. We exactly. Did. Almost like he got a he he got a pre speech for every loss. He do it's the same. <laughs> it's the same speech, dog. We need to play. They might as well take our speech. We need to play for sixty minutes. We need to play. We, we need to stop being Atlanta three and a half. We're mad we as to, hell. We're we're fired up. We're fired up. We're fired up. Fired up. <laughs> we're fired up. We're pissed off. I'm like, shit, y'all should have been pissed off after the first game. And it need exactly. to be accountability. Like, I take accountability because I didn't have right. my my uh, team together. They didn't know what to do right there. Um, the secondary is my fault that I didn't have my team prepared. 
You need to take ownership. That's, that's, exactly. what, that's what pisses me off. That's what pisses me off because I'm seeing absolutely no accountability from Dan Quinn nor Dirk Cutter. These guys are saying, oh, we should have. He, they're, shifting the blame, they're shifting the blame towards the players. That's not what you're supposed to do. As a coach, you're supposed to take the blame. If I'm the leader, I'm supposed to take the blame for anything that goes, even if it's not my issue, even if it's not my fault, I take the blame. I should have been the one that had us ready for the game. I should have said, guess what? No, Dirk, we're not going to pass the ball. We're going to run. I should have did that. There's no one taking accountability. You got Dirk Patterson literally saying, I we we ran the ball four times and we only got nine yards. So basically, you're shifting the blame on the players. You're shifting the blame on the players. Why is no one saying anything about that? I'm giving you a huge F you, Dirk. You don't do that to your players. How do you not, how do you as a coach to say in the fourth quarter with four minutes left in the on the on the game clock? You're saying on, to Mike. your offensive line. Hold on, Mike. I don't want to cut you off, but I just want to say one thing. This the statement you just made shows that we don't understand situational football. It, is, it doesn't matter how many yards you got. You're trying to run out the clock. And that's what told me when he said that statement. That's what told me right then and there. We don't understand situational football. This literally said <laughs> we passed the ball because there was too much time left with four minutes to go. But you stopped the clock. <laughs> now, I, 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 now, like I said, I, I, I wasn't finished. I was just like, really, nigga? <laughs> You, you know you'd have messed up, right? Did you really just <laughs> say that? You know you'd have messed up, right? <laughs> I I mean, it, but I had to say that because it's like, bro. That's why I said in my video, my key word for this week is why. <laughs> why? 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 Tell me why. That's all I got to say. Tell me why. <laughs> but, but what you, the but, hell happened? But for K-Styles, you can, you can listen to what they are saying and they're getting themselves in trouble. That's the dumb thing about it. If you sit there and say, well, it was too much time. So that means you run the ball to drain time. That don't mean you <laughs> stop the clock. Like you did just what? You freaking idiot. You freaking idiot. <laughs> and then you sit there and say, we only got nine yards when we ran the ball four times. And I was just saying, it doesn't matter how many yards you gain. How many yards did you gain when you threw it incomplete three times in a row? Zero. So you might as well <laughs> ran the ball. Like, you literally threw the ball three times and got zero yards. But you're sitting here talking about it was too much time on the clock, so we threw the ball. That doesn't even make sense. If it's too, if you thought it was too much time, you would have ran the ball to drain the clock, to eat the clock. That's why I say we don't understand situational football, and that's scary. Now that's that's scary. When we can't, because that means you're going to continue to blow games, but you just don't understand the game. You're playing, you're playing uh, checkers, and everybody else playing chess. It's a problem. That's a problem. You can't scapegoat everybody when you're the consistent problem. Exactly. Woo! Boy. <laughs> it should have been some damn tables and chairs thrown in the locker room. Like, this is just ridiculous. It should have been y'all cussing and everything. You Get on the floor. I need push-ups. It should have been some shit like that. You ain't going to sleep tonight because we finna go practice right now. It should have been that. Everybody was accountable. <laughs> 
for their own shit. You dropped that pass, Julio. You did this. Everybody made mistakes. Oh, I can guarantee how that went. Hold on, take the glasses off. I'm a good look. Let me see how he did. Well, uh, I think that we should have made better play. Like you said, <laughs> you can't do that, bro. You the head coach. You have the responsibility of the whole team. Just like Mike said, you got to be a leader. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But we're telling on ourselves again because if you guys remember last, I think it was last year when we brought in Bob Sutton. They're like, we're bringing in Bob Sutton. And why did they say we brought in Bob Sutton? We're going to let him run clock, you know, do clock management. That tells you right there and there, we don't know how to play complimentary football. When you got somebody running, and my thing is this, if you know you can't do it, we need to hire somebody. But maybe we need to hire somebody from New England. I know one thing, New England know how to drain the clock. I know last year, when uh, the Titans went up against the Patriots in the playoffs when they beat them, Mike Rabel did the same thing that Bill Belichick threw to other people. He drained the clock all the way down. Literally took a penalty on fourth down when he was getting ready to punt just to make uh, the uh, the Patriots call a timeout. He used his own weapons against him. He used what Bill Belichick mm-hmm. taught him as a player. Tough, and he it? used it against them. And that's how yes. we got to do. It's a copycat league. All we got to do is copy what other coaches are doing. If you don't understand clock management, go watch film, go watch the end of games, go watch in the past how you supposed to do it. It's not that hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard. Go bite off somebody. All you got to do is go watch film. It's not that hard. But the, the elementary mistakes that we're making, we're making the same mistakes week after week. And that's what's frustrating. And that's why I keep telling people, I'm not a Dan Quinn apologist. My thing is this, for all of those people that's dreaming and thinking Dan Quinn's going to get fired after a game, Arthur Blank don't move that way. That's not the way he moves. He's a businessman. So he's not going to just go on the podium and say, you know what, I'm going to let Dan Quinn go after a game. That's not how he get down. So if that's what you fans want, I'm sorry that I got to break it to you like this, but I see Dan Quinn here here the rest of the season. Even if we go 0-16 because Arthur Blank, that's not the type of person he is, the type of owner he is, that he's going to try to embarrass a coach. He's not going to do it. So we might as well just sit tight, Hope that Dan Quinn and these guys can turn it around. If they don't, he's out of here. Not a hoping. I'm so sick of hoping. Oh, exactly. We gonna win this week. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. But all those people that keep saying fire Dan Quinn over and over again, that's not gonna solve anything. Because at the end of the day, he's not about to get. He's not about to be fired in the middle of the season. I'm telling you guys right now, he's not. Because what? Who are we gonna bring in? That's the problem. That's my thing. Yeah, who we gonna bring in? We're gonna hire Dirk Cutter, who just said that we, we knew that it was too much time, so we threw the ball. I mean, who we gonna move into the head coach position? Is he Someone said just- John Robinson. Oh Lord, who is that? <laughs> John <laughs> Robinson. Let me, let me, let me. He's a general manager. People want everybody else's trash. We don't know anything about John Robinson except for he being in New England. Okay. <laughs> Do you know that Thomas Dimitrov is from that New England tree also? It's a lot mm-hmm. of people. Scott Pioli is from that New England, um, uh, that, that New England tree also. So it's a lot of people. It's a copycat league, like you said. This is a copycat league. I don't care about GMs uh, per se. We have a guy, for the most part, who's here and who's built a championship. He was a part of, the, of that um, Tampa Bay regime and he's our own rich mckay and he's a, a head of the uh the rules uh competition committee in, in a 
backfield. So we have a very capable, a, a guy who's capable of building a champion. He was with Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy, the cover two, you know, that New England, he knows players and coaches around the league. So I'm not worried about GM with the LF5. That's, that's something I'm not worried about. We have a very good team president and Rich McKay who's been in the league. He's been, y'all will hear me say this, I want guys with experience. Rich McKay has experience, and I'm not concerned about anything when it comes down to scouting players. I know a lot of people say, but look, this is the thing about scouting players and Thomas Dimitrov, and this is why I give Thomas Dimitrov just a little bit of a break. It's because those are Dan Quinn's guys who he wants to run for his team. Those aren't what Thomas Dimitrov wants for himself. That's where we have to get through our heads. That's not who Thomas Dimitrov wants for himself. If we wanted Thomas Dimitrov to completely have a team for himself, give him complete control. Give him complete control and then see what Thomas Dimitrov can do. He doesn't have complete control. Therefore, the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator or the head coach, those three guys get to pick and choose of which talent that they want, how they are going to uh, really kind of get into their scheme as far as dirt cutter, the receivers that he wants, the tight ends that he wants, the type of guards, uh, you know, center guards. These are the things that come, come, come into uh, play. When you have a GM, GM without complete control, outside a guy like um, um, Ozzy Newsom with the Ravens, Ozzy Newsom has complete control over that organization. When he, when he was there, he had complete control. Thomas Dimitrov does not, and this is why I have I, I constantly have to remind people that these guys do not have complete control until we have a GM or a head coach that has complete control, this will always be an organizational failure. So I'm not going to say this is all Thomas Dimitrov's fault. This is not all you know, Andy Quinn or Matt Ryan or Julio. This is a complete – this is Arthur Blank's failure. This is Rich McKay's mm-hmm. failure. Everyone together are responsible for this mess that we have right now. So let's stop saying fire Dan Quinn, okay, even my own. We got to stop with this fire Dan Quinn because Dan Quinn did not create this mess on his own. This is everyone's mess, to be honest. Or 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 you could do the new the new story. You can get Andre Rising in here. If y'all want to fire Dan Quinn. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, I already covered that one. So That's what I'm saying. Know. How y'all feel about that? He want to be coach. Ooh, How do y'all feel really about that? that? We want to be Dion so badly. I'm good. I'm good on that. <laughs> That's all. Right. We, we good. We. I'm good on that. No, no, no. This I love. This I, love, just said he, I, love I, I love that hat. By the way, I love that hat. <laughs> Thank you. Fuck Andre Riser for the rest of his life. He. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. I, I, I was gonna say we could something. Be interviewing this man next. <laughs> hey, I don't give a damn. I'll come on. Hey, he digress. Don't do it, Mike. <laughs> don't do it, Mike. <laughs> but for real, say what you got to say. I love Lisa. All right, I love. I no, I don't need to do that. Nope. 
Yeah, like I said, he basically saw Dion getting the headlines of Jackson State. Like, okay. Yeah, he wanted to be a coach. Yeah, he, he said he said he waiting on Arthur Blank to give him a call. Like, bro, Arthur ain't Blank and calling you. He ain't at calling. All. If he ain't calling, uh, Chris, uh, what the fuck, uh. He ain't calling Chuck Smith, but he there you go. They only got a chance. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he don't well, got you, a chance. You better, you better, you better off coaching the Atlanta Ducks. <laughs> <Woo -hoo>! <laughs> <laughs> they might not give you a chance. <laughs> <laughs> hey man. Hey, man. Like I said, everybody, like said, I, everybody, everybody is trying to trying to bite off all this, and Atlanta being the laughing stock of the NFL, and you got Dion being the coach. Like I, I think he just thinking that okay, I'm gonna get my 15 minutes of fame. But last time we seen you on TV was a 30 for 30 about why athletes were broke. Woo! Yeah, oh. Mic drop! Mic drop! Oh, mic drop! Oh, oh. You know what? That 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 that. <laughs> that was a bit harsh. That was that a hard. Was a bit hard. Like, I just say I'm just, I'm just saying we, <laughs> we 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 ain't that desperate now. I'm just, I'm nah, just saying. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> at, at the, like you said, at the hey, end of the interview with him is dead now. That interview with him is dead, 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 dead. <laughs> Hey, man, man, you killed it already. Shit, I just finished it off. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, come on. <laughs> but, 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 for real, but for real, though, like I said, it's, like I said he ain't that desperate now. He gonna, he's going to finish. Like you said, Dan Quinn's going to finish the season. Um, Somebody exactly. said with Kendall play. Um, Oh, my God. I'm trying to highlight the right question. Um, I think that he might. They're optim optimistic about him. If anybody seen my um, injury report, possibly. I think we're gonna have a couple of starters coming back. Maybe mm -hmm. we will see. If I I'll update y'all if that happens, but we might have a couple. You know, so we might not be broken down. You know, coming into there because we got to be on all cylinders at this point. Oh my god, because they they expecting us to lose now. <laughs> hey, I'm not gonna say it. Everybody keep. Well, I'm not finishing that. No, I, uh -uh, uh -uh. I'm not finishing. Y'all, y'all, y'all got the picture, okay? <laughs> y'all finish the portrait. Y'all finish the portrait. Y'all not getting me in trouble. We're talking about the portrait of band aids and. <laughs> and <pepper. laughs> I hope he does. I I hope he does come back and play, but you know, but he got to come back one hundred. I think Grady might be, it might be. I think he's looking good too. So, you, we might, we might. I, I haven't heard about Julio though. I haven't hey, heard look, about Julio. We need as many warm bodies as possible. Yeah, right now, we're looking right. like a mass unit. We're looking like a mass unit out there. I talked about it in my video earlier. Hey, look. I need tack to go ahead, ice up, son. Like like Steve Smith Senior used to say, ice up, son. Hey, look, we need. I need tack back. I need Grady out there. I need Ricardo oh, Allen. I don't know. No, no. 
<laughs> don't know how he feel about Tack. <laughs> hey, hey, I don't care how Mike feel about Tack. We need Tack back because we need see what people don't realize when Tack is out there, we need that diversion. He had that quick first step. And to me, Stephen Means ain't doing it for me. He ain't doing it for me. I'm sorry. Stephen Means and Jacob Tatui Mariner, they not doing it for me. At least with Tack, he might have only have one move, but at least he got a first quick step where he can create. Because if you remember when he was playing, he was creating basically a diversion where Fowler, Grady Jarrett, those guys could eat because he had that quick first step that you got to worry about. Right now, it's like on that other side, they don't have to worry about nobody being shot out of a cannon. I don't know about Marlon Davidson because last week they played him a few snaps. I think they're trying to get him back from that injury, so I think they didn't want to play him a lot. But he's known more for his strength and, and not so much his speed. So I won't tack back because I feel like when he's out there, when you have all of those three guys together, you need at least three good pass rushes on that line when, you, when you're just trying to bring your front four. So if you can, if we can get tacked back with that first quick step, he might not get a lot of sacks, but he can get pressures. And we need with how I, how we're covering guys. I need that ball to come out quick. And last week that ball won't coming out quick enough. Nick Foles had too much time to look down the field. I want them thinking about something. I want that quarterback having to think about getting hit, even if it's after the play. And at least Tack, I know he's gonna get me some pressures. So I don't think that, I'm not big on like Tack is the man, but. He's better than what I'm seeing from these other guys, these third and fourth stringers. We need Tack back, man. Yeah, it helped Brady and Fowler. Yeah, Steven wasn't very mean that game. Nah, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, 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 look. <clears throat> I resent the fact that everybody think I hate Tack. I just think he's a fucking bitch. Like, I just think he's a bitch. He's a fucking crybaby. He's a goddamn sensitive-ass crybaby. That's what he is. And you can take that. You can tweet him that. You can tell him I said it. I will say it to his face. Matt might Tack say is it. Weak. <laughs> he is weak. Hashtag. Yeah, you can tell him I said that. <laughs> Tack is just soft. I'm just... Look, bit, it's just he's soft. He's soft. Let's just face the facts. I want Tack to succeed. I do not want another black man to go down. I want him to succeed. <laughs> but every time he every time he has a good game, he goes on the injury report. I'm sick of it. Get him away from this team. Let's just be real. We supposed to be we supposed to be pointing the finger at Dan Quinn and Dirk Carter and everybody else. Why the hell are we not pointing the finger at him? How many excuses will I make for Tack? Yeah, he's good when he's on the damn field, and then the next game he's not on the damn field. I'm sick of it. That's just like, again. Let's just trade the players. If the if he can't stay on the field, right? And that's funny jokes. All right, I'm, I don't mean a lot of shit I'm saying. All right, that's all funny games. But besides, I still think he's soft. I mean that part. He's soft and he's sensitive as hell. But all the other stuff. Maybe, maybe not. But we have a uh, question tack. from Live Oak. What do we need to be on defense? Defense to turn it around. We talking about tack and everything else, but what do we truly need on defense to turn it around for the rest of this season? Some nuts, some nuts. <laughs> we don't need scheme. We need some fucking balls. We need some fucking nuts. We need somebody with somebody that's going to step up and say, "Guess what? Y'all need to step the hell up." 
I'm tired of I'm tired of everybody talking about Ricardo Allen as the damn leader and his ass is on the damn bench pouting and on the damn in the reserve list too. None of them bitches ain't no good on the damn IR. None of them ain't no good whatsoever doing nothing. We need somebody who's gonna step up, actually play well, and actually stay healthy. That's what we need. We need somebody who's going to do something. There's not one outside crazy that nobody pointing the finger at their players and saying, we need to step up. You don't hear that from Dion. You don't hear that from Grady. And I love Grady. You don't hear that from Grady. You don't hear that from nobody. You don't hear from Keanu. They're scared as hell. I don't know who said it, but somebody is scared as hell, whether it's Arthur Blank or Dan Quinn. They're scared as hell. Somebody with some nuts. Somebody got has some balls to step up and do something and say something on that deep side of the ball. Because what we've seen, even on offensive side of the ball, the only people who's afraid, who's not afraid to say something is Julio and Matt. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. Somebody who on the defensive side of the ball who's called out anybody? Have you seen anyone on the defensive side of the ball call out anybody? Never. It's that it's that brotherhood. We ain't gonna call nobody out. We ain't gonna point that no finger. That's weak. Damn slogan for sure. We rising up around here. No, no, no. I need to go in. <laughs> we look horrible. Everybody's scared to say. Everybody's scared to say something. Everybody's a freaking afraid to say something. And I, I'm, I'm sick of it. You're supposed to be defensive players, head busters out there, and your ass scared to tell the damn truth. Y'all playing like crap. How the hell you now? How the hell? How the hell you a defensive player and you putting up an effort like that? Ain't nobody, ain't nobody said nothing to nobody. Nobody has said nobody. Matt Ryan and Julio are the first ones when it comes down to the offense not putting up their for putting forth the effort on the offense side of the ball. They are the first ones to speak up, and nobody on the defensive side of the ball even say anything. It's weak. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, I completely agree with Mike, but I think it is a leader on that defense. I think that I think the leader, and he just came to the team, so that's what makes it worse. To me, Grady should be the guy who should be the vocal leader, but Grady's more of the guy that I'm gonna show you. How by how I work, I'm not going to point the finger. I'm not going to call anybody out. But I think Dante Fowler is one of those guys that's having an influence on these players. If you guys seen this interview after the game, he's one of those guys that I think is going to be a leader, a lightning rod. No, that, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, this is no, 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 no. This is not the Mad Mike show. Don't even, don't even joke like this. This is the heavy hits, myself, K Style, Jew, and Miss Maggie. All right, this is the this is not the Mad Mike show. This is the heavy hitters. If you want Mad Mike, you can go to any individual videos of mine. This is not a, this is not about me. I'm just here to tell the truth, dog. That's all. I know it's all joking, God, but no, I don't even like to joke like that. This is this is this is the heavy hitters. Yeah, man. My like bad. I was saying, man. I, no, you good. I think um I think vocal leader should be Grady, but on this defense. To me, it's, it's Dante Fowler. Dante Fowler, Grady Jerry, Deion Jones. Those are the guys, uh, to me, that's been here, that's been doing it, that's been playmakers. Like, you guys know Deion Jones is a playmaker. I don't care what nobody say. He's a playmaker, pick whether, whether it's pick six for game winners 
whether it's a pick six, every time he faced Drew Brees, it seemed like he picking him off. So, and that's and Drew Brees is walking straight into the Hall of Fame when his career is over. So personally, I think that the leaders are Keon mm-hmm. Jones, Grady, and Dante Fowler's trying to speak out, but I really feel like it's time out for to me for all the talking too. We just need to go out there and perform. That's the problem, there and that's the re- that's the problem. That's the problem that I have with the media. It's like y'all questioning these guys. Like, what do you need to do? But I really feel like it's more actions what we need to do. We need to see it out there on the field. And to me personally, I want to see some of these guys come back. As much as Mike was saying, like, tack is soft and all this stuff, I need to see some of these guys come back. Because if we go up to Lambeau Field and we go up there with those practice squad players we had playing last week, we're going to get torched. I'm telling you right now, we're going to get torched. I'm just going to K-Style, honest. go say what you said earlier. Say what you said earlier, K-Style, bro. Go and say what you said earlier about going to Lambeau. Oh. Uh, uh, I, I'm going to say this first. You said, what do this defense need? They need a damn prayer. That's the first thing I'm going to say. <laughs> the only reason I'm going to say this is it's the, what it is is it's the little stuff that mess them up. It's bad angles. It's Isaiah Oliver turning the wrong direction when the dude didn't even fake it outside and shit like that. It's that little stuff right there. You gotta be accountable for the next man next to you. Cause they sharp and sharp, soft. That's why they playing. They soft as baby shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not talking about physically, but mentally, cause it's it's like all like like you said, it's always five key plays that cost this team, and four to five plays is on defense. Mm-hmm. Every week. And it's somebody taking a wrong angle. It's somebody missing a tackle when you don't need missing to. a somebody, tackle. Mm-hmm. Somebody playing the man instead of playing the ball. Somebody not turning their head around. It's like it's, it's like like you said, you gotta have pride. Like I said, the pride has to come in and say, fuck that. I'm finna take over. Man, gonna, that's that's what I'm who, saying. Who, Who's going to be that guy to be like, fuck that, I'm going to take over? You can't rely on Marlon mm-hmm. Davidson to be that. He's a rookie. He's still got to learn the game. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you know what Grady's going to give you. You know what Debo is going to give you. But who's going to be that leader? Who's going to be that next one? Because mm-hmm. Grady and Debo are not really vocal leaders, but they do theirs on the play, on, on the field. But who's going to be that one leader to say, Hell nah, you need to be better than that. You need to be better than that. Or I'm gonna tell a coach to sit your head down and give me somebody out here that's gonna do it better. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. That's exactly. that's what the defense needs. It's not about schemes and stuff like it's not schemes, it's not players, it's accountability. Accountability. Yes, sir. Exactly. Absolutely. Somebody asked um, what happened to dinner. Um hamstring in- injury. That's what happened. Darquez Denard, yeah, hamstring. Mm-hmm. It seemed like all these players have a hamstring yeah, injury. It seemed like that, yeah. Like Julio, hamstring, it's, it's... all these soft tissue is- issues, man. Hey, you don't even know. Hey, you don't even realize what you got. <laughs> yeah, dog. I'm telling you, dog. Oh, it seemed man. like it. It seemed like it, dog. Everybody got a hamstring, dog. Everybody, hey, it's man. like Denard hamstring, Julio hamstring, 
uh, a four-year Luacon hamstring. Like, come on, dog. Ain't enough ham sandwiches hey, to get around me. <laughs> oh my god, man. Hey man. Yeah, it, it's it again, man. This is how we do it on the heavy hitters, man. We coming at you guys with nothing but the honest truth, facts, hardcore facts and truth. And we're just gonna give it to you like it is, man. Cause like I can see got a lot of shows out here. It's a lot of informative shows, okay? Guys will inform, you know, a lot of knowledge, you know, brilliant guys, Jesse Jeff. Um, boy, Jew talk, man. It's so many guys. CC Ryder, uh, Feli Sports Podcast. You know, my boy Lieutenant Dan at Unintentional Grounding AFN is still. You know, like we 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 really we really here to give you guys nothing but the truth and the facts of the matter because you're not going to hear the truth. You're going to see them doing exactly what they're doing now, and they're putting us on memes. They're talking about how bad we are. It's like. We got to give it. You got to give it. And and this is where, and that's why I took exception if it called in at my show. This is the heavy hitter. This is Atlanta Falcons Nation. We are here to help even you. If you have something to say, this is the platform for you. You saw yesterday, brought up three guys, three guys, regular Joes, just like me and you. Come on and talk Falcons football. Share their opinions. This is what a lot of Falcons Nations is all about. What we are about. Like I said, if you guys, you know, you want guys want to join, hell, even Jew one day. K Styles might want to do a lot. Hell, Miss Maggie might come and kick it with Miss Maggie one day. Okay, ladies, ladies, we come need kick ladies. We need women. <laughs> ladies, need a women we need the ladies. I need the diehard, for real, for real, females to join me. For an episode or a show, we need the ladies that know they football. I know y'all out there. I see y'all. Let's go. We need a female mm-hmm. cast. It's it's unheard of. You might get one female on the it's panel, unheard of, but you don't get a whole cast some, of we females. Got we got some smart females. I see y'all mm-hmm. out there. So come on, yes. bring it. Don't just don't mm-hmm. leave it up to me. Don't leave it up to me. That's right, Queen Mac. Well, mm-hmm. whatever. I ain't gonna... <laughs> Thank you, but. I'm looking for women too. We need some women on here and talking their shit. I'm just saying it's open. Mm-hmm. Casting call is open. I'm looking for y'all. Come on, come with it. Come with it. They got these camps. The NFL um Falcons be doing their little camps and everything to teach women how to play football and everything. I commend them for that. Mm-hmm. But you know your shit now. You've been watching the Falcons. Come on. I know y'all out there. Just come join me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, that'll be a high rated show because everybody gonna be trying to shoot their shot. As always. <laughs> it never fails. <laughs> I'm just hey, trying to talk football. Hey, Folks be hey. trying to give me my phone number and everything. Like, let me do... <laughs> but it's all love. I appreciate y'all. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. All love, man. <laughs> hey, join the Discord, man. Matt Mike Sports, man. All right, I have, I actually have a link in the community tab, so you guys come join. Mike, the Discord. put that on there. We you got the uh, link. You got the link. You can. Talk. I have the link. I can definitely do that right now. Right now. Right, right now. Y'all make sure while y'all looking, follow you Talk Sports and Mister Jess K Absolutely. Styles as well. These guys are. 
look, we're going to have us a history show one of these days because these dudes can go back for y'all. Y'all thought we had some special guests on that know their history and how they played. These guys right here going to educate y'all about the Atlanta Falcons. Like, we've been Falcons fans for ever. So this just ain't just talk. This is what we know. Absolutely. That's right. We're trying to get it popping. Let's get this uh this core. He's gonna put it in there. If you want to join, you gotta let Mike know. You know, you know, he be doing it. He just did it last night. So he's gonna do it a bit more often. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because remember, I was basically like y'all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He said, Blank needs guys from the streets to try out. Look, and be real with it. <laughs> we need some hardcore hey, rough, hey, hey. rough around the edges type dudes. Shit, I know. Hey, I, I've seen there. a couple guys at the bus stop that, that could try out right now. <laughs> 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 oh, who you playing? They ain't got nothing to lose. Oh, my God. Play. You brought up Chris Chandler. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. I've been a fan that long myself, Lord. That's what I'm saying. My, Everybody, my, oh, how you feel a Falcons fan? Have you been through the years that I've been through? Hey, Mike, tell, tell, tell them the quarterback that I went through that I, I that that cringes every time I, I, I think. <laughs> Go and tell him. Tell him. He knows. He writing. He getting his Discord together. Oh, it's 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 a lot of them. Chris Miller. It's, it's it's a lot of them, but that 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 <laughs> Chris Miller was just a nightmare, dog. Like I don't know if you guys remember Chris Miller, but Chris oh, Miller man. was an absolute nightmare. That dude would throw three passes, exceptional, and then the next 15, 20 passes, it's like, bro, almost every last one of them. Unacceptable. This dude was hot garbage, and this is what we had to deal with long before we even got Michael Vick, and definitely long before we got my, uh, Matt Ryan. So I, I praise to the God, the football gods. I praise the football gods for Matt Ryan and uh, Michael Vick. I don't put one above other when it comes down to it because they both saved us. From hell on earth, okay. Saved us from hell on earth. If you know anything about Falcons history, they saved us. So look, Michael Vick and Matt Ryan will always be my goats when it comes down to it. You know what I'm saying? When it comes down to it, man, is Matt is Michael Vick and is Matt Ryan. I will put both of those guys on the pedestal at the same time because when we needed, when we needed a player, when we needed a coach. When we needed something, you know, a highlight, Mike Vick was that guy for us. When we need something to even just think about, you know, we Michael Vick was that guy. We need something to to, to believe in, to be happy about. We didn't have anything. Brett Fall was doing his thing. We didn't have a quarterback. So Michael Vick was it. So when he went to Green Bay and was the first one, to win a, a playoff game in Grand and and now Michael Vick was our hero. So don't don't get it twisted. I still love me some Michael Vick. I still mm -hmm. love me some Michael Vick. But you got to give Matt Ryan his proper due, man. And that's all I say. 
Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, because we could be talking about Tim Couch and Cayman Down and Akili Smith. Boy, <laughs> we could be talking about Quincy Carter, <laughs> <laughs> Josh Booty. <laughs> wow, yeah. wow, he said Quincy Carter. <laughs> That's right. one. That's one. That's right, Smith, one. We appreciate your super chat saying the biggest issue with our defense is our secondary KZ is not the answer at free safety and coaches not playing their players to their strength. What y'all feel about that? I agree with him. I don't I don't I won't say that KZ is the problem at free safety. My problem is we need to stop playing so much uh single high safety. I'm not a big fan of that single high safety. Last game, I like when we went more cover yeah. two, and you keep two safeties, two high safeties over the top to help because our corners, they really can't cover man-to-man. I said that last week. Like, with A.J. Terrell being out the game, who's proven to be our best cover corner, you know, for the Falcons right now, and then with Kendall Sheffield being out, those are our two best cover corners. Neither one of those guys were even out on the field last Sunday. We had guys like – I think one kid last name was Abrams, mm-hmm. number forty-two. We had like we got we got guys coming off the street off the practice squad. Yeah, you know, playing. And when you do that, I think like, some of those <laughs> went down. They went back to this practice squad. A couple of them. Yeah, they went back to the practice squad now. But it's just like now that Denard is hurt, I'm like I'm thanking God for Jordan Miller, and I ain't even seen Jordan Miller play Harley. So I'm like, mm-hmm. we really don't still don't know what we're getting. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like oh, we man. getting Jordan Miller, and yeah. I'm like, thank God we got Jordan Miller back. But we ain't never seen him do anything, and that was my biggest problem with Isaiah Oliver. I made a whole video on that on my channel. You guys go check it out, Jew Talk Sports. Why I talked about it when we let go of Robert Alford and Trufant. It's like we let veterans go, like we knew what Isaiah Oliver was. We didn't know what Isaiah Oliver was. Dan Quinn, like he basically went sat his rookie year, played a little bit sparingly in his rookie year. And then year two, he was a starter. This is his third year, his second year, like full-time starter. So that's another reason why Mike was like, man, I was totally wrong about him being a pro bowler. But who knew? You know what I'm saying? Mike think that he turned the corner. I thought he turned the corner too because if you go mm-hmm. back and watch the last eight games of last season, him and Kendall Sheffield as the starting outside corners looked pretty good. So he had no way of they knowing that he was going to regress. Yeah, he had no way of knowing he was going to regress. Like he's regressed, and that's my problem. Not it's that. not my problem when you're developing. My problem is when I'm saying you're regressing. Like he looked worse than last year right now. And I'm like, this doesn't yeah, make sense. Yeah, he really did. Like, we didn't run cover three last year. We ran more cover three last year than anything. So now to see him mm-hmm. regress, like, it wasn't like he wasn't left on the island. He was left on the island last year. And it seemed like for whatever reason, this year he's lost all confidence. So I don't know what the deal is. So it's like you never know from year to year what you're going to get out of players. And that's my biggest thing with how Mike was talking about learning on the job. Like last week, the biggest thing I took from last week's game is at least we got a bunch of young players that's getting experience. Like I actually seen Jalen Hawkins out there playing a little bit of safety. I actually seen Michael Walker improve from week two to week three because I seen pro football focus was saying he rated at like an 80. Michael Walker, and that was only his second game starting. So it's like, okay. You know, he, he's actually, he yeah, he's actually developing. Yeah, he got some skills. He's developing. So, I mean, if it's anything that I took from last game, it's like at least these young guys are getting out there and spreading their wings and kind of learning. Because sometimes the best mm-hmm. way to learn is under live fire. It's one thing when you want to bench and you watching tape, 
but it ain't nothing like game speed when you're out there actually on the field. And to be honest, we would never know what KZ, we would have never found out what KZ had if it wasn't for Keanu Neal going down with injury and Ricardo Allen. We didn't find out what KZ was until he had led the league in picks. I think that was in 2017, 2018, when um, uh, Ricardo Allen and Keanu Neal went down and KZ had that breakout season. We wouldn't have known what Casey was. He was a he was warming the bench. Yeah. So sometimes injuries are a blessing in the sky, you know. So you never know. I think KZ and free safety. Yeah, I kind of agree with um with you saying on this. It's more so of the cover three. Like you said, Isaiah Oliver is not really a cover three corner. We all know him as man to man. And it just doesn't suit it just doesn't suit the strength of the players that you do have. That's all I gotta say on that. I keep it short and stupid, so whatever. Uh, <laughs> short and <Yeah>, stupid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hey man, football for dummies. That's that. That's your boy K Styles, man. Exactly. Short and stupid. That's exactly what it. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I I don't I don't necessarily think it's a. a I honestly, and this is my honest to God truth, because I I analyze this team statistically, film wise. I've seen coaching, and when it comes down to it. These players just don't believe in Dan Quinn. It is no matter how you slice it and dice it, you can serve it with some, you know, uh, what you call that, uh, filet mignon. You can you can you can serve it with that. You can serve that big with bologna sandwiches. You can serve whatever the hell you want to serve it with. It don't matter. They do not believe in Dan Quinn. Simple as that. They don't believe in this guy. It, when the defense gets worse, they don't believe. They stopped believing in that shit last year. Okay? Let's just be real. They stopped believing in it last year. There's no way if you really believe in your coach, you don't come into a new year and play worse than you did last year at the beginning of last year. They are worse than what they were in 2019, the beginning of 2000. They are way worse than what they were. That's a problem. And that right there tells me it's not Isaiah Oliver and his technique. It's not DeMonte K, whether he is a cover two or cover three, or cover one safety. It's not that. These guys don't believe in a damn thing that Dan Quinn is saying right now. All this brotherhood, all this shit is cosmetic. They are lying to us. They're lying to themselves. They're lying to Arthur Blank. They're lying to Dan Quinn. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's clear as day. Anytime that you continuously two times in a row, two times back to back, you blow a lead the exact same way. You don't believe a damn thing your defensive coach is, uh, he's preaching. You don't believe in it. And it's really just that simple. So um, I, I don't think it's a lack of player because I've seen players who are abysmal go to teams. And it's like, what the hell happened to him? Like, nobody would have thought Patrick Chung was going to be anything in New England. But he went to New England, Got he, he played with uh, Bill Belichick, and Bill Belichick made him as a quality safety. You know, you see the same thing with 
Um, like AJ Bouye. Uh, AJ Bouye did have talent, but when he got with the right team and the right scheme in Jacksonville, that's when you really saw AJ Bouye start to really be a very good corner. So it's all about the scheme and system and whether or not the players believe in what that, that coach is, you know, preaching. So um shout out J uh just J Rock TV. He was on yesterday. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Salute to all y'all for doing this, grinding, giving us fans to speak our minds about this team through thick and thin. Also, thanks for having me on yesterday. Big salute. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what we're here for, man. Y'all, we got left. (laughs) (laughs) We got to stick together. We got to stick together. Hey, man. We probably Jay like the Mac, only fans Jay of the Falcons Mac, right about now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yo, yeah, you're right about that. You're probably the only one. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough being. Y'all want to go into this two point conversion right now because, man, we're yeah. just having fun. We're just having fun. So, oh, wow. I don't know. I don't. I'll let you, Kevin. One of you guys. Uh. I'll let you take this one first. All right. Mm-hmm. I like going first. Well, I just want to thank y'all. Look, I always forget to thank the fans, <laughs> man, for y'all supporting us. Big Country and those guys, they do a good job. Tonio, all of their part of Atlanta Falcons Nation, too. They have their shows on Wednesday nights, and they always do a good job at the end of the show of thanking the fans, thanking you guys. Like Mike said, man, we're just average Joes like you guys. We're just fans. Um, it don't take a lot to do this. You know, if you watch football, if you're knowledgeable, mm-hmm. if you do your homework, you know, go watch some tape. It's not it's not hard. But I just want to thank you guys for watching us. You guys subscribing to all of our channels. You guys continuing to support us, whether we're on Friday night, now Tuesday night. Um, we appreciate you guys. We do it for you guys. Um, we might, like as K-Style say, we might be the last Falcons fans uh, fans left, but we're going to ride to the wheels fall off. So last I of the you guys. Yeah, I just thank you guys for continuing <laughs> to support all of the stupid chats that y'all guys continue to send, you know, to us here at Atlanta Falcons Nation. Um, we're trying to be the number one. We're trying to be number one in Atlanta Falcons sports talk. So you guys continue with yeah, your everybody tune share in. this. Please yeah, share this out. Share this mm-hmm. out. Please subscribe. And you guys, let's stick with our team, man. Let's stop making the fools of ourselves. I've been seeing so many different videos of people burning their Falcons gear, their hats, their whatever, memorabilia. I seen a lady the other day burn her Atlanta Falcons, Atlanta, uh, Atlanta Falcons, uh, Matt Ryan signed jersey. And I'm like, what? You tripping. But we just got to do better because we making fools of ourselves. Like we already don't get the, the respect that we deserve. But we do it to ourselves as Atlanta Falcons fans. Some of us are delusional. And one thing I can say about Cowboys fans, as much as Stephen A. hate them, and as delusional as they are, and they say they win a Super Bowl every year, they support their team. They're, they're ride or die. So as Falcons fans, man, we have to be the same way. I don't care if we lose a 100-0 lead. We need to rock with our team no matter what. I'm going to keep rocking with the Falcons. Like I said, it can't get no worse than the Super Bowl to me. I don't care about the, the last two leagues we blew. The Super Bowl was for the trophy. It was all on the line. And you know how long I've been waiting for a Super Bowl trophy? I've been a fan for over 20 years now. 
So I've been here for all the blown leads and all of the stress that the Falcons has caused <laughs> us. Because look, we are mostly invested. All the all tears, this. all the TVs I broke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so we got to ride. Yeah, hey, we got to ride with our squad. But I just want to leave you guys with a quick little nugget because we didn't do our keys to victory for Green Bay. And I want to go ahead and just tell you guys one key to victory that I have for this game coming up. And this is going to be my two-point conversion. The key to victory in this game against Green Bay is run the football. We found something last week with Todd Gurley and Brian Hill, those guys pinging off each other. We have to continue to go back Mm -hmm. to that. I will put Edo Smith on the bench or let him play special teams because to me he's not doing anything as far as on the running game side. And I will go with Brian Hill and Todd Gurley. Last week those guys did a good job of getting those tough. uh, Todd Gurley was running between the tackles, and then Brian Hill was making the big explosive runs. So I would stick with the running game. We need to limit uh, Aaron Rodgers' possessions in this football game. Don't allow them to have multiple possessions because we know Aaron Rodgers is dangerous. I just watched him. Diced up the Saints, uh, the, the Saints or the Aints uh, last Sunday night. He diced those, diced those guys up pretty good. So our corners right now is no better than the Aints right now. So we're going to have to shorten this game. The way you shorten the game, you play physical football. And the last time, if you go back to last year's NFC Championship game, Kyle Shanahan literally ran the ball about 40 to 50 times, and the Packers couldn't stop it. They do got a good pass rush with Zadarius Smith and with Preston Smith, but the way you keep those guys off of Matt Ryan, you run right at the teeth of that defense because they're similar to our mm-hmm. Falcons team. They can't stop the run. So in this game, I want to see Ty Gurley get for over 100, and I want to see uh, Brian Hill do his thing. Because last week, to me, Brian Hill showed you guys what they were talking about in camp, how, you know, how he had stepped his game up. And last week, he made some crucial plays. He did have a big drop on that third down. And I've just had to be honest and talk about, you know, that one drop that he had. But Mike and K-Styles know I'm the biggest Brian Hill fan on this panel. So I've seen a lot out of Brian Hill last game to be excited about. And it looks like Todd Gurley is shaking off some of that rust because he looked he looked really good last week, too. I don't know why we went away from mm-hmm. running the ball because it was working. But we need Doofus. to do that. If we, yeah, if we, can, if, if we can run the ball on the Bears, the Bears are a lot better in a front seven than the Green Bay Packers. So we need to run right at this Packers defense with that run that running game. We need to go back to the old Michael Vick days. Mm-hmm. And we had Forney on earlier where they used to run the ball like crazy with Vick, uh, Warwick Dunn, uh, uh, what's his name, Jarius Norwood. We used to run that rock. And we got to get back to running the football. That's how you play physical. We keep calling these guys charm and soft. But this offensive line has played pretty good this year. So I would put the game on them. The game plan mm-hmm. to me in this game would be run the ball. At least thirty to thirty-five to forty times limit the possessions of Green Bay, and I'll leave it at that. Go ahead, K Styles, do your thing. Boom, boom. <laughs> Jew, Jew talk sports. Go follow him. Sports, sports, follow him. But I'm gonna start off mine. Like I said, appreciate the fans tuning in tonight, rocking with us. Make sure you follow everybody. Media accounts. No, I'm the old man in the group. I'm still new to that game. So you ain't but, no old man. <laughs> but I think I'm me just, and Mike got that. Ah, uh, whatever. But, mm, yeah. <laughs> but I look good though. Ah, uh, whatever. Anyway. But for real though. Thank you for my fans, for my fans. 
I thought you gonna have that man coming up here shooting phone numbers at you in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking. I'm just go ahead. Okay. Go ahead, please down. <laughs> okay, so. Mine's gonna pretty much kind of be like what you talk about on the game. Like I said, I'ma say this again this week. <laughs> Sixty minutes. <laughs> if I gotta oh, say this man. after this week, not forty-five. Not Hold on, case. Hold on, case. Now we gotta we gotta put names when we say stuff. This team act like we're a little bit. Our coaching staff a little slow. We gotta put names in it. Dirk Cutter. Dirk Cutter. Run the football. No, look, I'm gonna do it like this. Dirk Cutter. There you go. Dan Quinn. Talking about you. Raheem Morris. Jesus. 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 Oh my God! Uh, not forty-five, not fifty, <laughs> not fifty-five, not fifty-seven. Oh man! Oh man! Sixty minutes. Because if you don't play sixty minutes of perfect football, that's here, right, fair artist. Four oh four. Run the ball. Oh, Dirk Cutter, run the ball. That's all. That's all we want. Oh. Oh yeah, dirt cut. That's that, that that's two strikes on you. Run the ball. <laughs> when you jump. Oh my and if Hayden Hurst has another game where he only get targeted once, I'm about to explode here. Wow, wow. Mother bro, you true. have a weapon here that can change this offense around. You ain't had an athletic tight end like that since Tony Gonzalez. And everybody know Matt Ryan, as much as he had Julio Jones, the tight end is his best friend. Their linebackers are suspect in coverage. Mm-hmm. Well, that's your matchup. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm going to slow it down, dirt cutter again. <laughs> <laughs> Let me put his name up here. Dirk. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not even going to spell your last name, but I'm just going to put C U T T E R. better game awareness. Oh, That's all I'm saying. Just be aware of everything because. Bro, you really, you really testing these fans. These fans already turned on this team. Exactly. People recruiting other teams. What team I need to follow? I'm seeing that. Bro, it's like, really? Like, if I have to go through my inbox asking me why am I a Falcon fan again, this is going to be some crazy shit. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, um, let me reiterate one more time. 60. <laughs> if you get the lead, run the ball. Dirt, you run the ball with the lead. Exactly. I'm going to say this. I'm going to add my little um, two points. What is working? Do not change it. Please. Don't get comfortable with the lead because you know how we do in the fourth quarter. 
like you said, 60 minutes. Don't change it. Why y'all want to get conservative? Every, like people, And for one thing, we're predictive as hell. People know what we're going to be running and everything. People know our game plans. Mm-hmm. Switch it up. It. Change it up. I'm just sick of it. I'm sick of it. I'm tired of being that you know they're going to go right here. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. You think our opponent don't see that? You don't think they don't see that? So it's it's just we are the laughing stock right about now. But we need to turn it around. All that baby kissing ass and oh, we sorry. We're gonna, you know, support our court, you know, our coach and our quarterbacks and everything else. Everybody need their asses handed to them. You didn't perform well, you dropped that pass, you didn't do that. Step up. We finna play Green Bay. On the biggest stage right about now. They already laughing at us right about now. So we about to have, hopefully, a couple of our starters coming back. There's no fucking excuse. I'm sorry for cussing. There is no fucking excuse. Next man up. Bottom line, they expect us to lose right now. We need to turn it around. That's all I got to say. Turn it around. Stop all this damn same shit y'all talking about every damn interview. Accountability. Everybody. It ain't just the the coaches. It's the players, too. Mm -hmm. You know how to play a game. You know what damn a secondary is. Come on. Even if you don't even, if your coach didn't tell you that, you been drafted to play this position. You damn know what to do. You watch football. You watch the NFL. There's no excuse. You get the fucking ball. Come on now. Y'all looking at it. You just gonna let it sit there? I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Everybody is accountable for their own actions. If your coach letting you down, you step up and be the leader. Bottom line. Matt Ryan. You be the leader. Take control. If your coach letting you down, you be the leader. No huddles. Not a, Matt Ryan is awesome at that. So just, just do it. Just take over. If it ain't working, you take over. That's all I got to say. Diary of a Mad Falcon fan. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, I had to go in, yeah. Hey, I don't know. Oh my god! I don't. Everything she just said, everything you guys just said, it's just that's it. I'm. I'm just gonna say this. I totally understand, and I do not expect Dan Quinn to be fired. Any. Unless somebody dies on the field or something like that, Dan Quinn is not getting fired halfway through the season. It's just not happening. So get ready to hear those stupid-ass sayings every fucking day every after every loss. So just get used to, you know, hearing it. And, like, I just – it makes me want to just smack the taste out of your mouth. Like, really. It's like if I could – if I had a meme where, you know, just – smack the taste out of somebody's mouth. That's what I would want to do to Dan Quinn and Dirt Cutter, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones. I, I'm sick of hearing 
that bullshit every fucking game. After every game, we're talking about we're losing the exact same way. And you motherfuckers, the first thing that y'all say is, well, we mad as hell. I'm really pissed off. We're going to get it right. <laughs> like, seriously? Like, that's you? We just paid $100 on your ass, and that's what you got to say? People bet money on you motherfuckers, okay? Believe it or not, and you come with that bullshit? That makes people want to come after you. I'm not saying I'm going to do it. I'm not saying that at all, so don't 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 get it twisted. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying people bet money on you guys, okay? People really bet money on you guys, and for you guys to say the same stuff every single game for the last three to four years, the last three to four years is I'm going to get it right. Bitch, when? When? Today. When are you going to get it right? That? Today. To this day. <laughs> we need to today. fucking do it. <laughs> today. I'm sick. I, 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 look, I, I want to really punch someone in the face any time I hear them say that. I I want to punch them in the face every time I see them say we're gonna get it right. I'm mad as hell. Like, you sure? Cause you look like you get, you like getting your ass whooped. Like you really do like look like you like getting your ass embarrassed. You like you look like you like getting your ass handed to you. You like embarrassing fashion. I was gonna say something else, but that was a little bit of X rated. I'll keep that to myself. But you gotta get the picture. They look like they like it. I'll just say that. They look like they like it. So maybe that's it. Maybe they like getting, you know what? Maybe they that's what the fuck is like. That they like doing, they like getting it. Maybe it's comfortable. Maybe that spot is comfortable for y'all. Maybe that's it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's it. So it's the culture. It's definitely the culture. Man. <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying, man. They they act like they like it. If you like it, you like it. But don't give us that bullshit after every game. I'm 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 I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm I'm like I'm bro. I, I, I this is supposed to be a Two-point conversion. I went for a goddamn touchdown, a field, extra, a field goal, <laughs> an extra point, two-point conversion, another, another field goal. I, I'm, I'm just, I'm tired. I, I'm tired of the same bullcrap. I'm not even tired of losing the same way. Okay, I'm not tired of it. I'm tired of them saying the same bullcrap after every loss. That's frustrating. And it's just disrespectful to the people, to the fans that actually love and pay their hard-earned money for these season tickets. For Couldn't even get guys. our jerseys in the mail. Let's Couldn't even get that. our jerseys in the mail. Couldn't get the jerseys in the mail. And you sent this motherfucker. Hey, damn, ESP, you sent Stephen A. Smith. A and he threw that shit in the trash. Threw it in the garbage. And threw it in the trash. That's disrespectful to the fans. Disrespectful for the fans, and we need answers. We want answers. We want turnaround right now. I'm sick of it. 
period, point blank. And Miss Maggie, if you want to clean up um, what the promos and whatnot, you can go ahead and do so. Well, I, I appreciate everybody. My... Matt Mike don't went into Matt Mike Super Sane, but anyway, <laughs> I appreciate everybody that been tuned that tuned in to us for the interview earlier this um, episode. If you missed it, if you was tuning in late, we had uh, Chris Draft and Keenan Forney on the show earlier, the first 30 minutes. So if you're missing it, first go ahead and subscribe to Atlanta Falcons Nation. But go ahead mm -hmm. and replay this back because they had some good things to talk about. It was great. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, don't forget to follow the cast and crew. Mr. Mad Mike Sports, y'all know him. Awesome, amazing content creator then we have mr jew talk sports up in here y'all make sure y'all follow him you're going to get additional content other than atlanta falcons nation then we have just uh k styles he's new to the game but guess what look he know everything he is the history go show that man some love go show, show that man, some, man love, some love man i know it's some tech He's a tech fan, all right? Please show him some mercy. <laughs> go subscribe because he need all the help he can get, okay? He's a tech I mean, fan. Please go do it. Jesus can't even help me right now. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he is a diehard uh, representative of tech. I don't know how he do it every night, but, you know, I mean. <laughs> Man, all I forget, all y'all. That's how I all do it. <laughs> But that's right. Coming back every week, though, Atlanta Falcons Nation, we are wanting, we are going to be the number one news panel for y'all. So my injury reports, everything, you're not going to miss a beat with Atlanta Falcons Nation right about now. Go ahead, and Ju, you had something to say? I see I'm you. I'm going number one. Okay. Number one. <laughs> number well, one. we appreciate y'all for tuning in tonight. Go ahead and share it with your friends. Tell your mama and them this plan. <laughs> Follow me on Lust Exchange <laughs> for the women and the men. Uh, we have a show Wednesday night. Uh, we have um, ATM Sports Zone tomorrow night. Go ahead and check them out as well. Tara RS404 and Mr. Low, Big Low Country. Don't forget, Atlanta Falcons Nation is are here. We appreciate y'all, though. And we out. And if you going to burn your jersey, send them to me. There you go. Is that what's up? What's up? <laughs> That's right. Don't waste them. Send them to me. I take cherries. <laughs> and tickets. And tickets too. You can give me the tickets too. <laughs>